at home. It's a rainy night. We're looking at the wall, come apart at the seams. We've got this track here. It's a cyberpunk band called Danger. And um, the audio isn't so good. Because we're lo-fi, we don't have all the bells and whistles. But we're over here getting it done. So we just ask you to bear with us. Despite all of our technical difficulties. Introducing this interesting conversation we had earlier. And we denounce violence in all its forms. But we uphold the fight for liberty and for freedom. And this American Revolution is going to go on. It does, honestly, really, I don't even think what I think even matters. Right. So you feel, as far as the franchise of voting and the validation of having a voice in our government, it's just completely been... No, it's done. We don't have any rights. We don't have anything anymore. We're just, we're, we are now officially a communist country. America is over. And they all bow down. Yeah, they all bow down to... Well, so we I mean, all know. Seems to me now that I'm, I'm very 
his, his role was very dubious to me. He came out um, and suddenly was this populist, nationalist Republican with um, this whole mantra of make America great again. And, you know, his whole move towards has been like a hack on every level. He never had any real footing, never really. I mean, he tried to do different things that were good for the economy. He tried to do things that were good for the American people. But ultimately, the entire apparatus of the elite in the country, as far as the media, and social media, and Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, um, there was a huge movement and push towards making sure that he was destroyed, you know, as far as what he stood for. When he used to be a Manhattan socialite, he used to be a you know, Manhattan playboy billionaire, and he was loved by everyone. And suddenly, by taking on this mantle of, of you know, Republican nationalist, they just kind of destroyed the whole, the whole uh, artifice of Republicanism all in one shot. And it's really, it's really interesting. We were talking last night that if the supporters would have stayed outside and, and, and chanted and, and put a lot of political pressure on Congress, it would have worked. But as soon as a few of them broke through and stormed the Capitol, it really destroyed the whole message. You know, it, it made out. Uh, yeah, but that was done on purpose. I mean, the the one guy that sat in the chair, he was he's known he's a known Antifa dude. I mean, he's he's a the guy with the horns and get that everybody. that disgusting tattoo he has on his chest. Yeah. So he has a pedophile tattoo. That's what you're hearing on your on your back channel. That's well, it's not what I'm hearing. It's what I see. Picture. I mean, unless hey, there's no telling who. I can just tell what is right and what is wrong. I'm not. I mean, I have morals and values. I know what's right and what's wrong. But we are. I, we were talking. We were listening to the podcast of the show, and when I have a chance, to put some of that audio up on this on this you know on this track. But the point is that. Black sex was talking to people who were there, and he, that some of the people that were there were saying that there was Antifa there. So in one fell swoop, they can just take the whole, you know, move towards fighting this voter fraud, this ballot, this criminal ballot manipulation through Dominion. It's just a few of the Antifa guys wearing MAGA hats break through the Capitol, right. and all of a sudden. <laughs> It just turns it turns the Republican Party into a terrorist. We're now a terrorist cell. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there, I don't think hundred million Republicans in this country. Then you're now a uh, you're now a terrorist insurrectionist. Right. They're probably going to round us up here soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they might as well start rounding up. The, it, it, it makes all these articles. We were watching these articles. White Christian nationalists are the most dangerous terrorists. Yeah. To uh, the, the, great, the greatest threat, white Christian nationalists are the greatest threat to national security. And, that, and now, just by having a few of the Antifa people run through the building, all this confusion, the ball saw is rolling. And now, no one can go and say, hey, wait a second, this is all screwed up. It's the same thing. It just kind of buries the, it buries the history. Same thing with the voter fraud. Everyone could see it. The one side just denied it that it ever existed. And now we're just all... Well, they manipulated. They they have so much power that they manipulated the whole thing. Like, pe- some people did not see that. Some people are hearing something totally different, I'm sure. But from what I've seen, it's just so freaking obvious to me that that was voter fraud. I mean, it, we've been saying it for years. Our vote doesn't count. It never has counted. They already probably know who the president's going to be for the next 10 years. 
They no. definitely don't want Trump in the office. They don't like him. He's not po- a politic. No, not. I've never had any trust in the system. They knew who all the presidents were going to be, but it seems to me that they were able to get all the, 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 the nationalists in the country, all the Republicans, to support Trump, and then basically polarize that entire group. But now Trump, what he's going to do Trump is a billionaire. He doesn't care. He's going to go on about his life, and he doesn't care about these people, man. <laughs> He's a rich man. We're, I mean, he could go anywhere he wants and not even be even be left alone. I mean, I'm just saying, like... So, if you think about it, on some level, you got the entire group to get together on January 6th to crash the White House, and then he steps down. This is going to be a very militant, angry Biden-Harris administration who's going to be looking to round up these terrorist groups, terrorist Republicans broke the sacred, you know, everyone's turning on, you know, when I listen to Mark Levin and all these other guys, they've been amping up these Republicans for weeks, for months, they've been amping them up and getting them angry, angry about the election. It's upsetting, I'm sorry, but the Epstein Island, that's upsetting. Jeffrey Epstein, that's, that whole story right there is upsetting. Somebody, nobody's doing anything about it. Information, right, and I don't think they're going to, that's the whole point. They're not. They were just getting People that were upset about it, they're getting the people upset about it, and now they're going to go after them because now they can blame them for this attack on the White House. Do you see how that works? Yeah, Sean, I do see so how. Now, if, if a perfect storm, they've been talking about the storm coming, and in a perfect storm, they lose control of the Senate, lose control of the Congress, and all, and all you have is these angry MAGA people walking around with red hats on. They've been seeing the pedophile, inner, inner pedophile criminal culture that's happening in Washington, the corruption that's happening in Washington, and the, you know, what they're, and they polarize the entire society, NFL players, NBA people, they're all working, it's a, it's a phalanx against these, these Republicans, who are really, the, the, the 80% of the counties, 80% of the red counties all across these states are all going to be being persecuted now because the flyover country Jesus land, people. They live out Jesus land. Right. I mean, it's they've been they've been they've been trying they've been planning on destroying this country forever since this country came about. They don't they don't like how what it was founded on. They don't they. The work Trump had to be in on it. Trump had to be in on it the whole time. He had to be creating this populist nationalist revolt in order to step down. But they promised to them for weeks that they would overturn the election fraud. They would overturn the election fraud. They would fight it. They would be rounding these guys up. They would, you know, all these people on Twitter and Facebook, they were gonna, all going to get arrested. Remember that? You know, so that's what they've been saying. Yeah, they've been saying martial law. There's going to be arrest made. I mean, and there needs to be arrest made. But they're not going to do it. Because these people, they have money and they have power. And they kiss the ring. And that's why there's not going to be any arrest made. Because they, they kiss the... Ugh, it's just fucking disgusting. Sorry. It's upsetting. What did what, you say? It is upsetting. People all across the country are very upset right now. We have to think clearly. I mean, if Trump was in on it, set these people up by being a fake Republican, just going and there was no there was no second term. It was just about leaving the Republicans and holding the bag. He's going to step down, get on his plane, fly away. Biden comes in and says, "All those Republicans who supported Trump, y'all are in big trouble." So I wanted to tell you something. Think about think about this. Think about one more thing I want to add. Think about how angry, because BLM has been storming the countryside and beating these people up, ruining their businesses. The, the, the 
elite yeah. global global agencies have been shutting down the country, half the country, with these COVID COVID lockdowns, which are completely insane. And all the bootlickers out there who are going along with it are really disgusted because they're just looking at, oh, wear a mask, and now, now they can go and persecute all the people who who want to use their brain and don't want to wear a mask or take a vaccine or you know Bill Gates comes out with a vaccine and, and like we're like we're, we're totally incredulous, you know, and then now they want to. And now you're a Trump card. Yeah, these they're all just people. They're all just they're not these people aren't gods or they're not even really. It's it's ridiculous. Like if if I want a vaccine, I'll go get a vaccine. But I don't want a vaccine. So that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Oh, they're they're gonna make you. and BLM have been doing state capitals for for weeks, months, years. Have been burning down buildings, looting. That's what I noticed. I'm getting their bases kicked in, beat to death. You know, somebody got beat, beat to death with their own ladder that was out front of their store. I mean, this is what's been going on, these, these riots. And they're, they're not even getting arrested. If they do get arrested, then you have people come through and pay for their bail. And, and these uh, local DAs let them, let them off the charges and they don't hold them accountable. It's really sad. Now, now when these people, now when these Republicans, what look like Republican Trump supporters, store in the White House, now they're going to just, they're going to... They're gonna kill you. They're gonna call it. So one girl got. I saw the. I saw the video. They one girl got shot and they killed her. I mean, it just. It's ridiculous. Can't do that at BLM. Can't do that to him. No. There's no telling what, I mean, I kind of know what, what's going to happen because I'm biblical and I, I understand prophecy, but we, we can't even, we're, there's nowhere for us to go anyways. We can't, there's nothing we're going to be able, we can't do anything about this. These people are, these people are evil, man. These are some evil people that were, that are in control of our country. Very evil. With that kind of, with that kind of wall at the southern border, you're definitely not going south. So not anymore, you know? And, um, if you think about it, they really just use the, the, uh, the USMCA bill that they passed. It put Canada, America, and Mexico into one trading block. So we're really the North American Union now. We all kind of get used to it. And they really destroyed national American nationalism in one shot. If you're wearing a Trump hat, you a Trump Right, hat. that's what they did. So now you're, yep. one of the, you're one of the insurrectionists. You're one of the insurrectionists to attack the White House. And now they're going to go after you. And, and uh, they've been promising people for weeks that they were going to overturn election fraud and that Trump was going to be rightfully elected, but if that wasn't part of the plan, if they don't really care who the president is, then they, all they did is just find out and outrage for us, the other side of the aisle. Who I mean, what they just what they just proved to us, what they just did is they just said that we are all basically Democrats. Every single buddy in the government is a Democrat. That's what they well, just told us. And they just, they, 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 they works on both sides of the aisle. They're, they're going to control Republicans. Democrats get the people in the, the Hegelian dialectic for getting that people in the middle to be totally crushed. So, you, know what I mean? you know what I'm saying? So They want our guns and now they're going to get them. They don't, I mean, yeah. and then they're going to just take over. I mean, they're taking over. Nobody's doing anything about it. Now they'll have that. All the, There's uh, nothing we can do about it, really. We're just out of school. I mean, I'm here at work, working hard, making some measurements here, doing some electrical work here at home, doing your, your, your business that you do. Working from home, and, and we um, we're just average people. But in the, in the end, 
we were suspicious of, of Trump and Biden all along. We were suspicious of Hillary Clinton and Trump. They seemed like they were friends. So yeah, I mean, years ago, we yeah, we, we see gone. pictures of them together golfing or something. Remember? <laughs> yeah. so, really I think they're. I think they might be related, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> but at least that's what I've heard. No telling, There's no telling. If you think about it, from what we're looking at, it's really fascinating. But I mean, like other Americans, we were hoping for a restoration of the Constitution, um, a return to the values that founded this country, our national heritage. Yeah, but that's not going to happen because we don't have that relationship. I mean, we might have that relationship with the Lord, but a lot of people, they don't. They don't have that kind of relationship. He probably, he's looking down at this country and he's judging this country like he judges every other country. The abortions and the divorces and the adultery that's going on. The drugs. The drugs are so out of control, it's not even funny. And then uh, I'm sure almost every single house in this country has a Christmas tree up and he doesn't like Christmas trees. So he doesn't, he's, he's upset. It's, it's upsetting. It's upsetting. This is upsetting. We're not, we can't, there's nothing we can do. Right. We're talking about the old Christian way now when the people, when people, you know, went by the Bible, by the Ten Commandments, by the the old school way of religion, but really Romanism, Romanism has come into play in America where everyone is totally worshiping the Roman religion and, Right. Uh, all the customs of their religion and all the devotion and all the ritual according to the way the Vatican runs it. They do Vatican holidays. They do whenever the Pope is up there doing the holiday, then America is too Christian. This country have completely lost any connection with their Protestant Baptist heritage. So they, they no longer they, they no longer resist the religion of Rome, but they're starting to try to get it like they don't resist it. They're not going to resist it. They're being Wendy, taught this. Wendy, what? Wendy, let, let me finish. They have a lot of these Baptist churches. They're doing communion. They have a little piece of bread and a little wafer, and they have the little little plastic cups with grape juice yeah. pass around. Everyone does communion. That's not that's not a Baptist practice. Yeah, I know. That's, that's doing Holy Communion is something that Roman Catholics do, and that's not something that it's we, we Sunday we worship of our faith. And, well. Originally, doing Holy Communion was about the Passover. Jesus said, eat this bread, drink this wine. And when he, he was doing that at the time of the Passover. So they totally skip Passover now and do Easter. But nobody recognizes that what the holidays were that Jesus actually celebrated. He actually celebrated uh, Passover in, in, in certain holidays, and it didn't change later. So later on, they want to do celebrated celebration Ishtar, which is a Babylonian cult. They want to do the celebration of the winter solstice, which is fall worship, you know, which is sun worship. And that was Babylonian right. and Egyptian. These are, and these are all Roman uh, occult practices. And, but this is the, but they're the whole reason why we are even in this country. We got away from that. We had to get away from that, that, that Roman Catholic church. Remember? We were getting away from it. They were burning us. They were killing us. The Inquisition happened for 600 uh, or, or just over 600 years, and uh, America was founded in order to escape those the position. We, we sailed the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria, yeah. here, where we could have freedom of religion. So, but that's coming to an end. Yeah, so it's just like Trump said, Trump and Biden agree on one thing: that's Merry Christmas. And then right. people are like, "Oh, you're a ball humbug. Do the propaganda. You're a ball humbug. You're a Grinch. Right, Grinch, <laughs> Grinch monster. If you if you don't participate in the politics, so it's just." There's, there's been this, this 
this acculturation, this propaganda of Roman customs that have been taking over our Protestant heritage. Now it's coming to the civil society. So now the Constitution, which is based on Baptist, Baptist distinctives, Protestant, you know, as far as Bible faith, our things are that were founded this Constitution, protection of gun rights, protection of our of ourselves individually against the government. And that's not part of the plan. The part of the plan is to just have statism, state control, top down authority, controlled by the boards and the Mahai. You know, that's, that's exactly what we've seen when the Congress had the Pope over to sit in the big chair and everyone clapped when Dana right. was there, you know, under Obama. Mm-hmm. So I think that Obama's coming back. Oh, he is. He's coming back. And. The Pope isn't going anywhere, and it's a one world one world order now. We're, that's what that's what's happening. It's a one world religion. It's it's just really it's just a shocking time. It's upsetting. It hurts my heart to have to go through this because my kids don't understand. They're not gonna. Un- I mean, they, they they will understand, you know, but the some of them come in and the state can come in and tell us, you know what? You, you, we don't want you to teach your kids this religion. Way too much power. They're not allowed to pass their religion on. They're just gonna tell you, oh, you, you uh. You're, you're a nationalist, you're, you know, you're a Bible believer, you have to be an outlaw by the FBI, the FBI has a, has a criminal manual on you because you're an extremist, you're a religious extremist, that's what we are, you know, for, for having these kind of right. ideas that go against the state and people who don't want to wear masks, people who want their constitution and freedom to bear arms. Now, we're just going to be made into a oligopoly, you know, just a, an autocratic regime that will ultimately take over the world here, and that's what we're seeing. So I don't know what Trump has really done other than betray the Constitution, betray our values essentially. And um, and I think they imploded. They, they made it clear to everyone that there's absolutely no control. There's no voice for people. There's no more. We can all go in there and play at, play at voting, but it's going to be decided another way. And, and the people who saw it are going to be absolutely outraged. And the rest of the people who are going to have, they're just going to have uh, their blinders on. And they're going to be unable to have their normalcy vibe. They're, they're unable to recognize that there was a threat. That, that you, don't, you can't really choose between two different so, Right. Uh, they're just going to believe CNN. They're going to believe Jay Tapper. They're going to believe the bootlickers who contribute to this rise of globalism and the death of nationalism. So we're not allowed to be people who just want American freedom, Ameri- American exceptional heritage and culture. We're not allowed to have it. You just have to become like Thailand, like Thailand, like Vietnam, and like Peru, and like all the other countries of the world, like a third world country, that's what we have to do. We're not allowed to have. So, you know, they were promising, too, that Trump would um, get us back on sound money. But that's obviously not going to happen. It's obviously... That's what it is right there. I mean, they, they've... Totally in control. They've tried, they, they've tried to do this before, and those presidents, they've gotten killed. You know, it's... They're not... They like their power, and they're not going to let go of their power. They're not going to just let any anybody come in with, and take their power. That's not going to happen. It reminds me of that they have Linda McMahon in the, in the administration for, for a couple of years, and she was in charge of the WWF, the World Wrestling uh, Federation, you know, WWE, whatever they call it. Now they have the big wrestlers come down, and the crowd cheers, and they have this fake drama where one of the wrestlers really hates the other wrestler, you know. It's called Hogan against yeah. Man. And they have these legendary battles and they they body slam each other all around the ring and they pretend to beat each other's ass but in the end it's all just a game it's just a fake however the moves are going to be it's perfectly orchestrated they're going to like they're, they're perfectly going to fight like this and they're going to there's going to be a winner that you know it's all perfectly orchestrated in other words wrestling is fake and so is politics politics is fake and they've done this huge staged false flag event 
in order to now bring, you know, bring the destruction of the MAGA people. So they, they built them up, built up the MAGA people. They, they had tractor rallies, uh, you know, where we live, out of the country, there's just Trump lines everywhere. We can see that maybe five counties in Florida voted for, for Biden and the rest of them voted for Trump. They, they all the right counties. I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious to me. If people actually be- believe that Biden won because he won because of a fair election, then those people right there, they they have no idea what's going on. They're completely freaking clueless. But it's so obvious to me that Trump won the election. It's so obvious. Right, it is. But the point that was that that's not the point. They're, that they're the ones who are in control. They want to take all these um, fake Trump supporters. You know, fake Trump. <laughs> they want to take them all and just destroy them. By leading them down the primrose path, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Primrose path. That's the same thing with the X22 report. It seems like it's a double cost. So right. Like, well, it is X22, so I think it's all a bunch of bullshit, and I'm over this whole like social media. That's why I was asking you about your yeah. your face fake or your fake Facebook. I can't even talk, but um, because I'm about to delete mine, I'm no, over. I, it. I totally. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, how does that happen? Find a way to log back in. We need to delete those. Yeah. They're, they're doing this red versus blue social media. So you have the Republican versus Democrat social media. I think they could use this later on. You know, the, the one side could persecute the other side. They obviously want to destroy nationalism and they want to build up a communist regime with fascist tendencies where the corporate corporatists, you know, the corporate, all the big giant monopolies, the big companies all work together with the government. They just squash and, and, and um, delete and just end, they end you. You know, they, they just, you know, they go from shadow banning to actually rolling up the state so that the child health care services comes out and takes your kids and puts you in a mental hospital and just, you just right. you, you dare to believe. We sound that. crazy to uh, people, and we do. We sound crazy to people, Well, they're, they're being painted. Well, it's been being painted that way because, I mean, you, in the end, you want to believe, yeah, you want to believe in the Bible and believe in God. These people don't believe in God in the first place, and they're totally communists. And they use, you know, like we we just had to witness Antifa and Black Lives Matter tear up the countryside. So people, and the COVID restrictions, these people at this protest were absolutely outraged. And they were absolutely under massive pressure. They've been being abused. They've been being humiliated. They've been being attacked. There's a business to being being shut down. Yeah. And they're being destroyed. They're being bullied. And they can't see that they're, they, they, they can't see that their entire MAGA movement was basically a way to control the opposition. Bring them down there to, on January sixth, and right. and then have them be destroyed by by this polarization. Okay, so this attack is going to be turned around, and now you can hear Mark Levin say, "What is wrong with you people? Why, why would you do that?" And then right. at the same time, <laughs> but Mark Levin, he'll go, he'll start going off on his radio show. He'll start going off, and that's why I like Mark Levin because he seems like he's like. You know, he's being real about everything he's saying, but then he he's gonna go and say that about the about the Trump supporters. That really, Mark Levin. Well, it, it seems like they they've been banning the flames. They've been banning the flames. They've been banning the flames and pushing and pushing and pushing on the Republican side to be outraged by showing them all this information, and then the other side is denying it. And by putting them in that echo chamber, they absolutely just have them in a state of hysteria at this point. And then as soon as they have that past the line that everyone wants to, you know, I, I remember they've been spending weeks listening, we listen to Ted Cruz, listening to all these people, Mike Pence out there, if you listen to his rallies, he was telling the crowd directly that they were going to fight against this sort of fraud, 
they were going to make sure the people's voice was heard. So the only know, thing that... And then the very first chance they got, the very first chance they got, they went and just turned on the American people and just put by him. The only thing, I so mean... That's, that's what you're dealing with. It's a, it's a betrayal. It's disgusting. How this looks like a wholesale betrayal of the whole national movement of American republicanism. So you see what I'm saying? It looks like to me that they uh, totally just did it. And ultimately, um, what were your thoughts? I don't know. And what, what did you say? Because what I saw was that last night on MSNBC and CNN, they're like, look, white nationalists have taken over the Capitol building, you know? I don't think people really look at themselves as that. It's like they're some kind of like Nazis or extremists, but that's how they were painted. I don't look at that. I don't look at it like that either. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anybody else would look at it like that. But for some for some odd reason, I'm pretty sure that they do. They well, that's how it's being painted in the media on Twitter and you know that that the opinion that the power to make opinion is going to like paint these guys as like I said as white nationalists, as Christian like you know extremists. But I guess I, I mean. It's an attack. It's always been an attack on, you know, the church. The Lutheran church, Protestant, the Baptist church. It's, and then, in really, in all honesty, those are the, the kindest people you will ever meet, and they're the most proper, prosperous people, from what I can see. I mean, they, they're the ones that do all the donations to the food banks, and the, you know, it's Christian people, the good people, that they want to help the poor, and, you know, the missionaries and just people like that, and they they want to attack the good. The evil is attacking the good, making it look like the evil is good, and the good is evil. So well, I think that's what we're looking at. It's a, it's a asymmetrical warfare, and I don't think that the um, Trump supporters recognize that they would be being used to create this catharsis. This Incredibly um, destabilizing situation. It's really an attack on the, the Constitution and the, the ability for people to vote in the first place. It's just not only did they fraudulently ruin it, the idea in front of um, all the people that were watching, but they also made sure that it wasn't fixed. And then they they destroyed and polarized the opposition that was trying to get to the bottom of it by making them into white extremists, terrorists. You know. So now, in order to kind of further this discussion, let's go ahead and segue over into this other uh, interview that they had. It was on Buck Sexton's uh, show. He had a really fascinating discussion, and uh, me, me and Wendy will go ahead and put that on for you right now. Oh, the the frustration, the anger, because I know what people were doing in D.C. today. I know why there were tens or perhaps hundreds of thousands of patriots gathered in D.C. They believe that they had a stolen election. They believe that the Democrat Party continues to have two sets of rules in the way the media treats us, in the way the laws are applied, and in the cancel culture and the authoritarian elements of wokeness and now taking over corporate America. It's in the corporate boardroom. It's in your kids' classrooms. It's all over the place. And they've had enough, and they feel helpless. And yet now, what is going to be the storyline of this day of certification of the 2020 vote? What are we going to hear? 
What will the Democrat-controlled media say about the entire movement, not just those who crossed the red line, who transgressed here? And now understand this, it's going to be largely viewed through just the political lens I'm talking to you about. They're, they're not going to say, oh, there were people that were down there who were peaceful. I can see them on TV in real time right now. People who are being peaceful, who are down there and doing exactly what we would expect our fellow Americans to do, which is raise their voices, hold up their placards, but do so with respect for the law and with respect for the system. Because as conservatives, as people on the right, we have to remain in the right. And that means respecting the rule of law. That means being people who can be counted on. You know, it was really disappointing to see law enforcement attacked today by conservatives. And then even seeing some others on, on social media, at least, who are saying, well, you know, the, the cops shouldn't have been in the way. Or, well, the, no, that's disgraceful. Do we back the blue or not? Do we believe in law and order or not? We have principles whether the other side does or not. It doesn't change for us. And the only person, the only people, I should say, who can give up the principles that we hold is us. And we're not going to do that. We haven't done that. But we all need to speak with one voice about this because this should never have happened. Not in America. Not on my watch. Not on yours. The election has so many questions around it still. And we have a hearing going on today. We have members of Congress raising those concerns, speaking about what they believe are unanswered questions about allegations of fraud. And this was all within the process. I've been all for it since the election. Let's investigate every allegation of fraud out there. Let's look at this. Let's make sure we compile the data, that we have the information. And that we bring it forward to court. Now, I understand there's this impulse. And you're seeing this now from many on the right to say, well, they do these bad things. So now we somehow don't have to call it out when it's among those who are ostensibly our own. And I'm not even dealing yet with, I know there are allegations out there as well of agents, provo uh, agents provocateur, that there are people who are false flags in this crowd. If it were just false flags, why are so many people online saying that they in some way support this or in some way justify this? There is no justification for this. All this does is hurt our side. All this does is make everything more difficult. Every political battle that we fight, all of it. And that's, I, I think, the, the ultimate irony and tragedy of the situation is that we have so many who think that what they're doing here, and when I say so many, hundreds, perhaps thousands in D.C., whatever it may be, they think that this is helping when in fact they have done more damage, and this is why I believe there are so many people whose mind immediately goes to false flag, and I'm not saying they're wrong, I'm just saying no proof of that yet, but so many people's minds go to false flag operation with this because they understand intuitively right away, this is disastrous for MAGA. This is disastrous for a political future for Trump, for Trump supporters. Now, it's not the end. I'm not sitting here saying the sky is falling down and, and, and that America is coming apart. We will get through this, 
But we need to be honest and clear-eyed about exactly what has gone on here. This is where we draw the line. This is where we hold the line. We say no to this kind of behavior because we have to be better than the other side. I know about, please, BLM. I When there were Trump people, I'm just going to tell you this, when there were Trump people in June, including some of his top advisors, some of them not such great advisors, got to tell you, some of his top advisors saying that we should we should make concessions to BLM and that we should have police reform Republicans, not just Trump advisors, Republicans in, in elected office. We should reform the police. Maybe we should rename some uh, some towns and cities or, or some military bases or whatever the case may be. Let's just let's try to buy off the BLM movement with some of these gestures. And I was saying, no, you don't give in to a movement that uses violence, intimidation, destruction, and lawlessness to get its way. You don't do that. And now we see that that was clearly only going to encourage the BLM movement, and the media excused them, and the Democrat Party embraced it, and they pandered, and it was disgraceful. I mean, it was a summer of disgrace. Yet somehow, and I know a lot of you think it's because they cheated. I know you believe that. And I think there was cheating, too. I just need the proof so that we can actually win in the system. If, if we abandon the system, I'm going to tell you this right now. If, if we go full Linsky and try to you know, overturn everything and nothing counts anymore, if we go with some kind of a, a populist right-wing nihilism, you know who's really good at breaking principles, violating laws, intimidating people, and getting their way through force? The left. And you know what our shield is against that? That we adhere to the rule of law and that we are better than that. And we have been and we will continue to be. But today is a, is a massive, a massive blunder on the part of those who did this. And we need to say that. And I'm just, I'm here, I'm sharing my honest frustrations with you because I'm trying to think, and I've been talking about this in recent days, about how we mount something similar to the Tea Party, where we mobilize, we organize, we are resisting the encroachments on liberty, we are resisting the unconstitutional actions, but we're doing so in ways that we're all proud of. And I, it's so unfair, isn't it? You know, I, I describe the people storming the Capitol as being selfish, because you know what they've done? They've created an opening for everyone else, the tens of thousands of my fellow patriots, and Americans, and many, many people I know in D.C., I have personal friends at the rally, not storming the Capitol, but at the rally today. Dear, some of them will call in today over the course of the show and tell us what they saw. God, it would be great if we found out that these were actually, you know, Antifa activists or something posing as Trump supporters, but it's quite an operation if they pull that one off, and we have no proof of it yet. We need proof. We're Unlike the left, we also rely on things like evidence to make our claims. We, we don't just say things. We don't have whisper campaigns and then weaponize the DOJ like they did against Trump. Use the deep state and the classified backroom, oh, I can't tell you about that. You're not cleared for it partisan ambush, that's what the Hillary-supporting deep-staters did. Now, we, we do it all out in the open. We tell people what we want, who we are, what we're all about. 
What did they always say about BLM all summer? This past summer. And they've done it before, too. Oh, it was a mostly peaceful protest. And that was what they hid behind. Not dealing with the reality of what had actually happened. And, and standing in front of buildings on fire and saying, oh, well, until this, it was great. Now, they do that because they don't want to offend their constituents, being the left, the socialists, the Antifa, BLM. They, they don't want to upset them. And their audience at places like CNN and MSNBC, are very, uh, very favorable to those groups. If they're not even a part of them themselves, they, they like those groups a lot. So they always give this out. They always have this, on the one hand, on the other, or half-hearted description of this. I'm here to tell you, people that showed up today in, in D.C. to protest what they feel is a stolen election, and, and the ones who were abiding by the laws and were respecting their their fellow Americans. God bless them, and that's right within the American American tradition. Period. The people that stormed the Capitol building and attacked police officers and took selfies on the floor of Congress after having to be evacuated and at Capitol Hill police pulling their guns. They don't know what this is. They don't know if they're going to. Uh, these these rioters are going to do something far more violent than just breaking in the windows, which is bad enough on its own. Those people are, their actions should be condemned unequivocally, fully, and I do, and all of us should. Those actions were wrong. Wrong. And the president is telling them that they're wrong. I do wish we'd have a little bit more forcefulness from him on this. I'm just going to say it. And, and I, I understand how upsetting, not just to, not just the last few days uh, have been, but also ever since November. I understand that there are people out there who feel like they're losing their country. But there's a way to fight against After mob invades U.S. Capitol, that's what's on CNN.com right now. It's exactly the kind of headline that everyone at CNN who hates Trump is thrilled to see, I can tell you that. I, I want to bring in my friend John Cardillo now. He's ex-NYPD. He's a conservative commentator, radio host, and, and buddy of mine. John, I, it's a tough day. I appreciate you joining yeah, you know, very tough day, sad day for America. And you're right, CNN's going to uh, sensationalize these headlines, right? When Black Lives Matter and Antifa were out there destroying businesses, destroying cities, chanting for the police to be killed, they were called peaceful protesters. This is a mob. This is a violent mob. And no, look, I don't, you know, Buck, I don't condone a lot of what we're saying, right? Terrorism is terrorism, no matter who does it. If we, on the right at least, call it as we see it, the left fails to do that. And I, I think it's important that we always maintain that principle. I mean, one, one reason that I can sit here, and I did, and John, you and I were talking, and it's one of the reasons I want to bring you on, when BLM was happening, when when police stations were being bur literally burned down in, in places like Minnesota, and, and businesses looted, and, and all that mayhem was happening, I was able to say, not only is this completely unacceptable but this is what their side does and they need to own that meaning the democrats and the left what happened today makes that much harder 
And that means it helps the people who want to loot and destroy buildings and act out violently. Yeah, but, but this is nothing new, right? I mean, think about it. Donald Trump pardons some you know, white-collar criminals that the media is apoplectic. Barack Obama pardons FALN terrorist Oscar Lopez Rivera, who uh, was aligned with a group responsible for 130 bombings of the United States, the Puerto Rican separatist group, many of them uh, police stations. He was best of friends with Bernadine Dorn and Villers, the Weather Underground, that specifically bombed police stations. And we were called right-wing conspiracy theory nut jobs for pointing out these pardons of commutations, actually, in the case of Lopez Rivera. We were called right-wing nut job conspiracy theorists for pointing that stuff out. So the left has always owned the media. We know that. But they're very subjective in their narrative. And you're right, it's only going to get worse going forward. What do you think the president's response has been today? How, how would how would you assess it? And what should what do you think you should do going forward now? We've only got a few weeks before the inauguration is supposed to happen. What should the president's tone be? Well, look, I, I think the video he put out was, was fine. He said he did something more than any prominent national Democrats ever done. In the midst of the unrest, he told people, stop, go home, we need peace, we need law and order. Did Joe Biden do that when BLM and Antifa were rioting? Did Kamala Harris, did Chuck Schumer, did Nancy Pelosi? The list goes on and on. We don't have enough time on, on air tonight. But uh, I thought Trump did the right thing, and he reiterated that. He reinforced it with a follow-up tweet, saying we need peace, we need harmony, we need law and order. And so I think he needs to carry on that theme. But I have to tell you, Buck, I, I do believe this election was stolen. I do believe there was massive fraud. I do believe the irregularities. I mean, look, I don't remember going back to being a little kid or at any other point in history when it took two, three weeks, months to call an election. Election day was, was two months ago. New York 22, the congressional district, still isn't formally called. There's something very troubling about that, and it reeks of problems in the electoral process. So I hope... Donald Trump uses his mega brand to both shine a bright light on that going forward and to uh, back more America First candidates, both with money and, and his media spotlight in the 22 midterms. Well, I think you raise a very important point. We're speaking to John Cardillo, ex-NYPD officer and uh, also conservative commentator and, and has been a, right along there with me, a, a very strong supporter of Trump and the MAGA movement now for, for four going on five years. And, and John, you know, we... We see this kind of situation happen, and, and we see the way that it's obviously going to be exploited by the left for, for their own purposes now, right? Now they're going to try to tar the entire movement. Now they're going to come after every Oh, everyone is, is responsible for all of this. I mean, one area where I, I do think, you know, they're, they're need, we need to speak with one voice is we can't, you know, we can't back the blue sometimes. There was a lot of, yeah. of video of cops getting attacked. Those cops were doing their jobs. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Look, the Capitol Police <clears throat> in particular, very small department, a professional department, and uh, yeah, I, I really didn't like the optics of what I saw there with, with the, the Capitol being stormed and these cops being overrun. And then the response was predictable, right? So what wound up happening, DOJ then brought in tactical teams from the other federal agencies, FBI, DEA, ATF, Homeland Security, and they're always going to supplement. You have a lot of law enforcement, a lot of gun and badge carriers around the D.C. area. So it's, uh, you know, they're going to deploy back up immediately. But the optics of that were terrible for our people. I really, I really was disappointed seeing that. So here we are, friends, dealing with what was a, uh, what should have been a day of Republican unity, speaking with one voice about uh, the questions and allegations and just 
the depressing feeling that we have about this election. I, I, I see this the same way that so many of you do. And now that we have the Senate seats that are being called for Warnock and Ossoff, control of the Senate as well, but this adds to, this is another problem. The timing of this is going to be, it's, it's even worse Given the transfer of power into Democrat hands right now, I know that social media companies are entirely in the, in the pocket of the DNC. I know that they've engaged in unprecedented suppression of free speech this year, and and they've been doing it for a while. But now they're just they're quite open about it. Now they have no qualms about straight up saying that you're not allowed to say question lockdowns. I've been the target of some of this on social media from the companies. I don't mean from, from random people. And I've got to tell you, this is unbelievable. Uh, even with all of that, I was about to play for you just now. I was about to play for you the president's about minute and 20 second long speech that he released while they were still clearing out Capitol Hill of these uh, these rioters. That's what they are, breaking into a building. They're rioters. Protesters are the people who are out on the streets obeying the law and being good citizens and good Americans. Rioters are the people breaking into the building. And we understand these differences. The left, the Democrats, don't. We do understand them, and we will call this out. Uh, but, but I was going to play for you this, this Trump uh, comment where he calls for everyone to be peaceful, and, and he, but he says the election was stolen. Twitter has taken it down. A statement from just now, just minutes ago. I mean, I was ready to cue this up and play it for you off the president's Twitter account. And one of the biggest and most powerful social media companies in the world has decided that they will not allow, they will not allow for, um, this to be heard anymore. The president of the United States. It's a, it's an official statement from him, but he used Twitter because it's a mechanism platform. I mean, this how different is this from if if uh, you know Google didn't let you get to WhiteHouse.gov or something? I mean, this is crazy. But you know why? Because he said that there is a. Um, there was a stolen election, and you're not allowed to say that. And one of the problems we have, one of the things that we are seeing is that the suppression of ideas like this, the suppression of free speech that we are seeing here, results in even more anger and frustration and lack of trust in the system. When social media companies tell you you can't question, as they have to me, lockdowns for COVID-19, for example. That makes me want to question them even more. And when social media companies tell people that you're not allowed to say, I thought we had free speech in America. That means the freedom to be wrong, even. That means the freedom to say things that may, in fact, be untrue. And... Where was all this fact-checking during the four years of Russia collusion lies? 
lying about the president as a traitor, lying about the president working with the Russians to steal the last election. Yeah, they didn't have left left wing people storm the Capitol. They did have Antifa rioting on inauguration day. They did have deep state actors fabricating evidence, lying and working with the Democrats and the media behind the scenes to create this grounds for a special counsel around Russia collusion that only a moron could have actually believed it occurred. But they did it. They used it. They slowed down Trump's agenda. They greatly harmed his presidency and with it the American people by perpetuating that lie, by engaging in that lie. So that was a little connection that we had with the Buck Sexton perspective and as you can hear from the things that they discussed, there is a lot here that we need to focus on. I mean, was there other people in the Capitol that drove through? The, the Antifa people, the BLM, I mean, they're, they're curious for doing this. It wouldn't be hard to put on a red cap and go in there and bust through the barriers. And, and now it looks like the Republican Party is an insurrectionist, you know, rebellion or something. That's what they're going to call it. And all these morons walking around looking at their phones and looking at what the social media tech giants allow them to see are not going to hear any alternative perspective. Um, what I was going to say is that I, something, it just it just doesn't seem like this, like Trump, President Trump would just let this happen. Like, as far as the voting fraud and all that, there's just, there's... Remember in the X twenty two reports, they were he was trying to tell or he was telling us, giving us information about how there's going to be some major arrests made. There's going to be a, a it's going to be calm. You know, the storm's going to be. Wait, we run. What I'm saying is that even before the the speech and the thing that happened at the Capitol yesterday, even before that happened, they were saying that ninety eight percent of the government is corrupt and that. They're going to have to be replaced, basically. Right. And that they did reveal themselves. That's what I'm looking at. Now I'm looking at it at a different right. angle. They have revealed themselves. And then we've got the people on the tape. We saw the cop. There's video footage of the cops allowing these people into the Capitol. They, 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 um, they like, open the gates for them or something. They just let them in. But, you know, right. whatever. But I could be wrong, and I don't want to sound like I'm crazy, but it's just like, this isn't, what's been going on out there is not good. Something needs to happen. This ha All this crazy, disgusting, evil, just this nastiness that these people are, they, it all, they all need to be put to an end. It needs to stop, you know? Well, Wendy, I will agree with you that we are in existential battle, but my point of view is that we're losing. We don't have any way to hold them accountable. And not only do they identify themselves, but the people who are against them also identify themselves. So we might have the red counties all over these different states. When you look at the states, there's five or six blue counties, and then the rest, the 30, 20, 30, 40 different counties are all red. So what they're doing is really subverting the will of the American people through this election fraud in some of these small counties, or these counties, they're actually big counties, but they're individual counties where they were able to just per perpetrate this fraud. The point is, is that even though we saw it happen, nobody could stop it. 
So that, I think the point is that we're, we should be learning and paying attention to is that we're in danger. They don't have, we don't have any kind of recourse. We don't have any kind of cops to go and arrest those pedophile rings. We don't have anything that we can really do. I mean, so ultimately Trump is coming out now and saying that there'll be an orderly transition of power. And does he mean that it's going to be his presidency that was what was actually legally elected? Or does he mean that he's going to concede and give way to, to the Biden pre- uh, presidency, which was illegal, and, and it was fraudulent. You see what I'm saying? So if he gives way to that and just walks away, then we're left really holding the bag in the whole situation. We're really left there to with these the empty promises that, that, uh, that our voices would be heard, that we could choose our own government. Apparently we can't. And then right at the last minute, when it was all decided, when, the, when those two senators in Georgia basically had their election stolen too by the same Dominion uh, machines, were left just with these dangerous deep state criminals, and they're left looking at us, and they have the power. Now they have the presidency, they have the Congress, they have the Senate, they have the Supreme Court, and yeah. we're standing here with red hats on. You see the danger and, and this... I mean, I see what, yeah, I see what you're saying, but I'm not standing anywhere with a red hat on. No, I mean, at the same time. But I get what you're saying. We have been skeptical of Trump the whole time. We haven't drank the Kool-Aid or thought that he was, we were just hoping that we would have a return to. It just felt like there was some hope there, you know, because there things do need to get, things do need to change and things are just if they don't change it's going to get worse for us you know like the money system um I think that's correct just and he was and that's what it seemed like to me i mean i saw i see what he was you know he he did whatever he threw red meat to the right he, he gave them the things they want he had them really amped up but in the end he couldn't close the deal he couldn't he couldn't say look this is my presidency, and I, and I won. And, and you know, for whatever happened, he was betrayed on all sides. Even Pence, it's got a uh, like you said, has a Biden Harris sticker up on his Twitter account now. So yeah, because he's like it, it wasn't just it wasn't personal to Trump. The idea was to betray the right, the people that were supporting him, pulling the carpet out from under him at the last minute. So now we can't even talk about ballot fraud or, or voter. Uh, the voter manipulation or the Dominion machines, because now we're just white nationalists who attack the Capitol. That's that's the that's the narrative. That's the rhetoric that will be used now. So all he does is he just steps aside, and a militant Biden Harris you know, administration steps in to clean us up. This is just crazy to me. So they're going to want to take away guns. They're going to because now we're radicals, we're extremists, and all that they have control of the total system full control of the government now, at the last minute. When Georgia was a Republican state, there's no way that those two senators lost. It was just another level defeating the right. It wasn't just the Democrats. They're using both sides. They're on the same team. That's the deep state is. There's no right and left. Yeah, I know. I know. I it's mean... It's like when you have wrestlers who come out, and they come onto the, uh, onto the, into the ring, and they body slam each other, and then after they go on the back, they high-five and their buddies. So they were just getting the crowd amped up. And so I remember, I mean, if you, if you look at what Trump's been saying for the last few weeks, he's been saying, over the next couple of weeks, you're going to see it all. It's all going to be revealed. You're going to understand the whole thing. Well, we do understand it now because his purpose, he, how long has he been a Republican? Yeah. 
Yeah, we do understand it now. Well, we understand we that. We're not, we are nothing. I mean, what are we going to do? Question. We can't go to the Capitol. If BLM goes all over Oregon, Portland, and, and Kansas, uh, they just, if they go with thousands of people a night and storm the federal courthouse, they don't, nothing happens. Mm. If they get arrested in Hollywood, post their, post their bond, and they, you know, and all the, the people up in the DA, all the different leftist, neo-Marxist uh, prosecutors just drop the charges and let them go back to do it again. Now, as soon as these guys on the right tried to stand up to defend the republic and in a non-violent way, went through the Capitol. They didn't overturn the statues. They didn't tear that place up. They didn't burn it down. They just marched right. through. Now they're going to be painted as the rebellious terrorist, cell, terrorist group. We can't even confirm that it was really even Trump supporters. That doesn't matter. That, that, that was the way... That they set us up. So now we're in the hands of the Chinese communists. We're in the hands of the Hollywood leftists. We're in the we're in the hands of the tech tech giants, Twitter, and all of them are monitoring us. All the promises that that uh, there would be a military move to take out these guys who committed this fraudulent election, and you know, not true. They're not going to they're not going to hold them accountable. All, all all the stuff that Biden did, Hunter Biden did, all the illegal deal making, they're all going to escape. Yeah, you can't go, you know. Yeah. No, they're allowed. That's the whole point. They're allowed. It's a huge It's a bloodline. So it is disheartening, but we should not have been putting our faith in Trump in the first place. That's the whole point. There are all these different groups out there telling people that there will be a different outcome, that they would overturn this fraud, and it's not going to happen. Yeah. So now you will be censored, and you you won't be able to find your opinion expressed, you know, in the world around you, in the internet, or it just will be totally down. They already took, yeah, I mean, President Trump, they already took his uh, Twitter account down, so we'll never have voting fixed. They'll deny that there was ever any problem. You can go in and vote on the Dominion voting machines next time. Yeah, I'm not going to vote ever again. But then you're totally disenfranchised. You have no ability to have any kind of voice in the government. We never that's, did. That's, that's how it's duplicity. <clears throat> We've never had a voice anyways. So I think it's interesting that they let it play out right in front of the American people as far as they were just the, the whole thing with him sitting in his basement while they were campaign, campaigning. You know, he did not had to do absolutely nothing to get the get to get this. Oh, he had forty years of experience in the freaking government. Wow. <laughs> What have you done? Nothing. So, I mean, you like to kiss on little girls. I, that's one thing you do, but I mean, it's okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, he never saw a little girl. He didn't want to like grind himself up on. <laughs> He's disgusting. Joe Biden is a disgusting, perverted pig. Kamala Harris is a, is a sick, vile, just absolutely disgusting creature. And now we're they're going to be running the government. Yeah. And so you can imagine that they're going to try to add Supreme Court justices to the Supreme Court. They're going to try to create new agencies to run down white nationalists who read their Bibles, want to own a gun. Yeah. So you can imagine that what will happen. It'll just be a persecution. This is a total setup. He set up the drama with these people waving their, their Trump flags and they're wearing their red hats, and then he's just going to step aside. And in just a matter of weeks, there'll be a new presidency. And all those fascist, antifa, I love that they have any anti-fascists, but they're here to create uh, fascism for the Democrats. And basically beat your ass in the street with a club if you don't like it. And you know how to have a gun to defend yourself. Right. So this criminal culture where um, LeBron James makes his uh, his slave slave shoes in China with the uh, Uyghur populace and sells them to the uh, criminal culture, the hip-hop criminal culture in the streets in case they start to 
carjack you and rob you with their uh, LeBron James shoes on because they're all democratically aligned. And remember that um, the word Bolshevik in Russia means majority. So when you're in the majority and you're killing your enemies, then you're a Bolshevik. And I think that's what they'll do. They'll do it in the name of just how Trump couldn't seem to have any kind of power. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't control the FBI. He couldn't control the intelligence agencies. He couldn't run the military. Well, this president is going to be an absolute tyrannical dictator. And all those military intelligence agencies will all step in the line, like lockstep. It's just like Jim, Jim Comey will be back. And it's a total nightmare. It looks like that wherever Trump was, he was totally betrayed by... Bill Barr and by Christopher Ray and by Mike Pence. So the point is, is that I don't know if it's Trump being betrayed or he's just a dupe and he was here to implode and do, uh, and do um, a demolition. What do you call it? A controlled demolition of the Republican Party. And we, 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 trust me, but uh, gun rights, Christian, as far as church freedoms, uh, freedom of religion, these are all been under attack by these COVID. Now you can see that all the these little fascists in the government up there, they're all wearing masks. So it's going to be a mask mandate. You better have your mask on. You better ride with it in your car. You better go to sleep with it on. You better get in the shower with your mask on. They're, that's what they're acting like. On, buddy. They're going to get your ass. doesn't matter if you get the vaccine. <laughs> Fuck. You nah, just did make it. You, you still, you still got to wear it anyway. Wait. You got to show everyone that you kissed the ring. The vaccine. You got to show everyone you know, that you're not with them. And if you won't wear it, you're not a masker. Then, boy, you're, you're going to be noticed. That's what you're dealing with. Does that mean that ring true, honey? Yeah. Okay. I'm not depressed by it. I'm not anything about it. I just think that people were set up to um, buy the, the stage, the pageantry, and the pomp and circumstance of politics. Politics itself is really the problem, because the, the right and the left are both sold out to China. Mitch McConnell's wife is a Chinese spy. I mean, come on, pretending like she's not, but she is. It doesn't matter now, because... Yeah, the, 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 the Democrats on the left are all completely bought and sold, especially Biden, by China. So it's a it's a fait accompli of the Chinese government. The, the, the government in there in Washington is destroying our country. In order to fight for our country, we need to ultimately bring down the government in Washington. Right. Just saying that is going to have the FBI agents over wanting to interview you and ask you about what you're, you know, and if, and if you've met anyone that um, had COVID, then you need to have all your contacts checked, you need contact trades. It's all a game. It's all a lie. It's all a way to bring the American people down. If they don't want to go down, then they need to be investigated. They must be Trump supporters. Right. And you know, Trump supporters are insurrectionists, so you have to go and read this book called The, in, in, the, uh, the Coming Insurrection. It was written by the Invisible College. And nobody knows who the Invisible College is. Is there a secret cabal that is unannounced or anonymous? But people speculate about who the Invisible College is, but they're the ones who wrote about all this before it even happened. So I imagine there are college campus radicals, Ivy League billionaires. Now, um, Kushner, what's his name? Um, Kushner. Jared? Yeah, the aide. Yeah, the aide of Trump there, who's married to Ivanka. Yeah, Jared. That fellow is very suspicious to me now. He went to um, Harvard. So is he part of the Porcelain Club? Or what, what is he? Nobody knows what the Porcelain Club is. So they just, but that's who we're being subject to. We're, we're so being subject to the creation of a fascist state. And they're going to um, grind our bones to make their bread. Yeah, they're going to do. I was wondering how they would do it. Now I see how simple it was. Just having that huge rally when Trump's like, everybody come down on January 6th. And now Trump, all he's saying is that there'll be an orderly transition. So he just drops the whole bag of this right on his supporters. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, let me just, it just, 
point out that we were going to go ahead and add this article that um, Wendy found here. And what I'm looking at, it says that it's the, um, called the exact fallout of presidential election predicted in 2019 war games. And this is a paper, basically a report that they did in 2019. And this is where they had this whole idea that there would be a red mirage and that there would be ultimately as the days went by in subsequent times, it would appear that Trump would win, but then as time would go on, it would turn out that Biden would win. So this whole red mirage effect was described by this paper. Okay, so this article is by is coming out of the Epic Times called Exact Fallout of Presidential Election Predicted in 2019 War Game Paper by Jeff Carlson. Mm-hmm. It is election night 2020. This time it is all eyes on Pennsylvania as whoever wins the Keystone State will win an electoral college majority. Trump is ahead in the state by 20,000 votes. In the morning, new numbers show Trump's lead starting to slip, and by noon, it is below 20,000. Impatient, Trump holds an impromptu press conference and announces, I've won re-election. The results last night show that I won Pennsylvania by over 20,000 votes. Those results were complete with 100% of precincts reporting. As far as I'm concerned, those results are now final. I'm not going to let machine politicians in Philadelphia steal my re-election victory from me or from my voters. Trump insists by tweet and microphone, this theft will not stand. We are taking back our victory. So begins the saga over the disputed result of the 2020 presidential election. Although familiar, the passage above isn't taken from a recent article describing the November 3rd, 2020 presidential election. Rather, it comes from a 55-page paper published in the winter of 2019 by the Loyola University Chicago Law Journal called Preparing for a Disputed Presidential Election, an Exercise and Election Risk Assessment and Management Election Risk Assessment and Management by Edward B. Foley for a year, for 12 months, that they would war game, that they war gamed out this whole strategy where they would use the Dominion machines and the COVID mail-in ballot to totally rob the American people of their excitement and their populist move towards re-electing Trump. They knew that they would have a huge amount of Trump votes that they would have to overcome, and they went ahead and they used the mail-in ballot, and they used the Dominion voting machines in key battleground states to fraudulently steal the election that the American the real the American people were subverted. So now we have this fraudulent president of Biden. So that's why he didn't need to campaign. That's why he said he didn't need I don't need to need any of y'all, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah it, 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 yeah. No, you're right, yeah. He didn't need anybody. He was letting it I, they're letting us know. They're letting us know. I think it's obvious that they did let us know that. But they made it clear that they were monitoring it, that they were watching it. There was a, a vast amount of uh, evidence and video recording of people just totally committing these felonies and robbing this election. They had people whip out the ballots from under the table. They were in the suitcases. They did all this, and they're not going to be prosecuted. No. They... Just because it was made evident and clear as day to the people didn't change a, a damn thing. It's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, they, they, from what I, from what me and you talk about sometimes, um, they like to do things on dates, you know, they, they've been in control for a very long time and we know that, you know, but but the way I was looking at it, I was really just hoping 
that this, you know. That's the whole point, Wendy. They got us right in our hope. We really put all our hope in Mr. Donald Trump that he was legit. We never met that guy. We don't know who he is. I know that he went golfing with the Clintons. Yeah. And he knew Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. And we're all vouching for him like he's George Washington. So it's really an embarrassment on us. We're really humiliated because we supported the guy in the first place. It's, yeah. It's, it's devastating because they looked at put under they're gonna stop talking about this just like that concert you know with the 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 country music concert with all those people you know getting shot at Not in the crowd they just stop talking about that and then the well we can go vote change our government can't we no we can't we can't do anything well that same government is totally illegitimate that is way past the bounds of the constitution i mean think about it, the constitution is document to create these federal officers and create the offices of the presidency and the vice president of the Supreme Court and the Congress. And now they've violated all those constitutional tenets. They just took That's over our country. They just took over our country. Now, I don't know what's going to happen from here. I don't know. I don't, it's not going to get any better. But our country, they just took it over. Right. They made it known to uh, people who are watching that yeah, they just totally took it took it over. It's crazy. All right. So we have some interesting thoughts by Mark Levin that we're going to add in here, and uh, we're going to just get that together, and we'll play a clip by Mark Levin. Elements of the FBI and the intelligence agencies, whether the Democrat Party and Pelosi wanted to remove the president, Schumer demanding a special counsel, the media day in and day out using the most horrific language to talk about the president of the United States and so forth, and trashing the people that support them. On MSNBC, you're called neo-Nazis. People get sick and tired of this. They don't like being put down like this by the media. And yet none of you were the ones that rushed the Capitol building. But you're wondering, what the hell's happened to my country? 
hell's happened to my country with the corrupt media? And then we see what's been targeted in some of these states. And you're constantly told to stand down and move along. It's frustrating. That's why hundreds of thousands of people turned out today to protest. Not to rush the Capitol building, for God's sakes. But to protest like Americans do. Like Americans do. I remember the Tea Party movement. I was a Tea Party advocate. I went to several Tea Party rallies. I remember that one rally I attended, there must have been 40,000 people. No violence whatsoever. No trash whatsoever. And we were attacked by the Democrat members of Congress, by the Washington Post. They lied about us. We were attacked by Mitch McConnell and John Boehner, Carl Rove and others. I don't mean physically. They attacked us. We delivered them over 60 seats in the House and several senators, and they said they would have won the Senate, but for us. We were attacked by the editorial pages of the Wall Street Journal, certain geniuses at National Review. We were attacked. Trump supporters attacked. Never Trumpers, the Lincoln Project. They don't play fair, they have brass knuckles. The media promote this. The media promote this. The Democrats say they're going to destroy the Constitution. We're going to change America. We're going to pack the Supreme Court. We're going to pack the Senate. We're going to get rid of the filibuster so we can pass whatever we want. We're going to change the Electoral College. With a mere majority, minimal majority in the House and Kamala Harris breaking the tie vote in the Senate. We're going to change everything. We're going to take your health care. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. People are upset and they're frustrated. And they're mocked and humiliated. And the media corporations, the big corporations, do nothing about it. They don't police their people. They have helped contribute to the great divide that now exists in this country. The great divide. That the poison in our politics. If you listen to Joe Scarborough, or Don Lemon, or Jake Tapper, or Andrea Mitchell, or Brian Williams, or the rest of them. It's day in and day out. I don't blame any of them or any of you for what took place at the Capitol building. I'm talking about the bigger picture. The bigger picture. Now, as best I can tell, I'm just watching the television. I see no violence occurring now in Washington. Do you, Mr. Producer? So on the left side, they show no violence. And on the right side, they keep playing and looping footage from earlier today over and over and over again. Now, why, why are the media doing that? You can answer that question yourselves. The other day, Senator Josh Hawley's home was attacked. His young wife was in there and their brand new baby. He was out of town. Attacked. Their private property was violated. There were dozens of 
Antifa and or BLM protesters there. They went up to the door. They tried to open the door. They tried to go into the house. They had megaphones. And of course, his wife was scared to death. And the Washington Post didn't think it was that big a deal. It wasn't that big a deal. They were peaceful protesters. I think any violent rioters should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. I think any people who breach a government building, especially the Capitol building or the Supreme Court or the White House, should have the book thrown at them. And that's been part of the problem. It's been too laxed. People pulling down monuments. It's been too laxed. Our institutions under attack. And let me make it very clear. When you breach the Capitol building that way, you're attacking one of our institutions. We just can't have people who have differences of agreement breaching our buildings, threatening people, and putting people in very, very dangerous positions. We can't have that. It's called the civil society. The reason, the reason I was so outspoken and aggressive in condemning Black Lives Matter and Antifa is because I don't believe in that kind of violence any more than I believe in what happened at the Capitol building today in the breach of those walls by a relatively small percentage of the overall population. And so we do not celebrate these people. We condemn them. We're not the NBA. We're not corporate executives. We're not newsrooms. We condemn them all. But especially those who attack our institutions of government. Period. And there looks to be quite the fissure between the president and vice president, doesn't there, Mr. Producer? Looks like the vice president on his social media site has put up uh, Biden and uh, Kamala Harris up there. And he's issued a number of... Uh, of tweets as well about the violence and so forth. And I think everybody should condemn the violence. The president's video, open your microphone, Mr. Peters. What the president put out a video some hours ago about this. What did Twitter do with it? Uh, you can't see it. They took it down. Twitter took it down. Facebook? I don't know. I'll have to check. I'm told they took it down too. Unbelievable. Why would they take it down? So they took down the president's video. I mean, it's out there. You can still get it. But they took it down. It's really quite remarkable. What's going on in this country? You know, it causes most of you and me to think about where we are in this country. You know, I'm working on a book. Not that that's such a big deal. It takes a lot of time. And when you do a book and you write it yourself, you do all your own research, it causes you to think about things. And I write this book, two, three, four in the morning, where I'll get up early and I'll work on it. And I've been thinking about history. I've been thinking about what we've witnessed the last four or five years, the violence that we've seen. In some respects, the collapsing of certain of our institutions, the devouring of certain of our institutions, 
it's extremely problematic. The attack on the civil society is aggressive and it's ubiquitous. When you look at our corrupt media in this country, it's contributed mightily to the problem. The Supreme Court of the United States could have resolved a lot of these issues with one case involving Article 2. It chose not to do it. And in some ways, it, it sowed a number of the divisions we've seen during this election cycle. You see Chuck Schumer announcing, if we can just win these two seats, even though it'll be 50-50 in the Senate, we intend to pack the court and do all these other things. He intends to attack the Constitution. Yesterday, according to Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise, Nancy Pelosi, with a 10 or 11 majority, changed the rules of the House so basically Republicans couldn't get any legislation offered or any amendments offered. And so people like me see the choking, choking, choking of the Democratic part of the Republic. It's very, very frustrating. But I also talk about it from a constitutional perspective, what we can do about it from a constitutional perspective, what we have to do about it from a constitutional perspective. And so when something like this happens today, and the media are going to play this over and over and over and over and over again, and they are. Because certain individuals take it upon themselves to take the law into their own hands, charge into the Capitol building. Would any of you have done that? Seriously. No. Charge into the Capitol building. Act like a bunch of Antifa nuts. I don't care what signs you're holding. You do a grave disservice to the country and you do a grave disservice to us. Because tonight, in the media, all of us are being blamed for this. And of course, that's exactly what will happen in the New York Times and the Washington Post and the cable shows in the morning. All of them. And there is a desperate effort to tie Donald Trump to the breaching of the Capitol building. Desperate effort. You can hear it in the media. And the media take no responsibility, none whatsoever, for the venom and the poison that they are pouring every hour on the hour into our into our system. We played the clips. Endless references to Hitler in the Third Reich. You as neo-Nazis and so forth. And yet you're law-abiding. You play by the rules. You'll peacefully protest if you protest at all. You'll vote. You'll hope your vote counts. Pay your taxes. This audience, the millions and millions of people I'm talking to, you're upstanding people. You're law-abiding people. And that's the way it should be. And that's the way it will be. So, our republic will withstand this. We've stood a lot more than this. But the constant attack on our republic, over time, weakens the country, weakens the civil society, weakens our constitutional system. You know, when the New York Times puts out the 1619 Project, which has as its purpose to destroy
destroy the faith of America in her founding. This is a big problem. When Black Lives Matter is celebrated, when it has as its purpose the destruction of this republic, that's a problem. When rioters are said to be mostly peaceful protesters, that's a problem. We can't be like them. We can't be like them. When we see lawlessness, we call it out. Now these people tried to hijack, in essence, this peaceful protest. And as a result of what they did, it's caused grave consequences. Grave consequences. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I am disgusted with what happened today. Absolutely disgusted. I'm not talking about the peaceful protesters. I'm not talking about the president's speech and all the rest. The attack on the Capitol building? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's just mind-boggling to me. Like that was going to accomplish something. Accomplishes nothing. Nothing positive. We can't condemn the violence of the rioters when the Marxists left and ignore this. Of course, the difference is, as I say, you didn't have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people doing this. And that's why we need to know who was involved and they need to be punished. As I say, on the internet, on the one hand, on my social sites, people are saying, how do you know it wasn't a false flag movement? And at the other time, not a lot, but a couple of the nut jobs, probably trolls are in there saying, that's our house. We get to do it. You know, that kind of stuff. So on the one hand, and the other hand, and neither makes any sense to me. It could be some Antifa people in here. That's not a false flag movement. But there could be some Antifa people in here. Wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. But whether there are or not, they need to be brought to justice. They must be. You know, my wife and I attended the, uh, it was either the, I think it was the last night of the Republican convention. It was on the, uh, on the South Lawn of the White House. And we can hear this crowd building and building and building outside the gates of the White House. It was massive. It was getting louder and louder. And they had drums and they were saying vicious and awful things and yelling it over the fence. And we were looking at each other like, the hell kind of country do we live in here? How are we going to get out of here? How are we going to get out of here? So when the event ended, the Secret Service and the Metropolitan Police, and these are wonderful, wonderful people. That's why we should never put them in the position of having to draw their weapons. And we don't. It's the clowns that did. But nonetheless, they were trying to direct us away from Antifa and Black Lives Matter, where we would have to walk like halfway around the city to avoid them. They attacked Senator Paul physically attacked him and his wife. They attacked Dan Bongino and his wife. These are people leaving the White House grounds after the Republican convention. 
people were beaten to a pulp. Elderly. It didn't matter. It was a true mob. It was massive. It was organized. It was armed. And they beat the police. The mayor didn't call out the National Guard. She didn't ask for the National Guard. That was an attack on a political party. That was an attack on a United States Senator. That was an attack on delegates to the Republican Convention. No big deal. No big deal. Just Antifa, just Black Lives Matter. So either you believe in law and order, either you believe in justice, either you believe in nonviolence, or you don't. I believe in them. I believe in what happened at the Capitol today was a disgrace. But I also believe what's happened with these other groups at these other times were also a disgrace that was downplayed. You want to talk about unity? Then we should condemn all of it. But just so the Washington Post and the New York Times and all the other reprobates understand, we conservatives, we constitutionalists, we condemn this. All violence, all attacks on our federal buildings, the attack on the Capitol building. And we will condemn any effort to exploit it and to project their politics and their ideology onto others. So, in any case, that was the little clip that we put together for Mark Levin. And you can see that the Republican Party at this point is going to be in total disarray. And we have really no idea how we're going to really move forward. Is that the politics become so toxic and polarized? And they're trying to really bring it out a clash. I mean, ultimately, we still have some of these guys out there saying, Lynn Wood, are saying that Trump is still going to win and that they're still going to do arrests of these deep state actors who have been conducting all these illegal surveillance. I mean, you think it goes back to the very beginning of the Trump administration when James Comey was doing illegal surveillance. And uh, I mean, this is not conspiracy theories. I mean, we had the whole seventh floor of the, um, the FBI, uh, command there, the, uh, the, the leadership of the FBI had to, to leave some 40 long term, you know, long career FBI commanders, if you want, were, were just stepped down because of the scandal. So, I mean, we have to wonder at this point, I mean, if, if Joe Biden is really the president. I mean, he, he wasn't duly elected. I believe that it was in Arizona who wrote a letter that um, right before this whole incident happened at the Capitol where they were saying they would like to have their uh, their electors decertified. So, I mean, you can see that the, the politicians are total cowards and they just totally folded after the whole incident at the Capitol. And if you, could, if you look carefully now, the, it looks like it was Antifa who really pushed through. There's a bunch of their members were being identified and um, as having just been the ones who went and just broke through the police lines there and thrown through the Capitol. So it looks like that it's being blamed on, on Trump, but at the same time, we have to wonder how that could be. I mean, ultimately, Trump had to call in the National Guard on his own uh, supporters. So, I mean, it's, a, it's really 
because the people have no idea who they can really trust at this point. I mean, you, you can really consider, you know, keep moving forward with, with the whole Trump position, but at the same time, it's become very dangerous. I mean, how can we really know that how this is going to move forward? I guess we're going to find out. So far, it doesn't. It looks like Biden is back in the White House, but I guess we'll right. find out. Because I mean, I, there are you just I I don't know. My mind is just freaking blown right now. I don't even know. I'm speechless. I know. I mean, it looks like Lynn Wood is sitting there talking and saying that the president is at the uh, command center in Texas, the military intelligence command center, and that they're monitoring, uh, they're making arrests of some of the people that ran through the Capitol there. And we can't really just blame Trump supporters. I mean, they're trying to get to the bottom of huge, massive election fraud. And I don't see any reason for Trump to give up his power. If he's supposed to be the duly elected president uh, of the United States for the next four years. So maybe Lynn Wood is right. Maybe they're going to go ahead and flip this thing over in a, in a tremendous way. Uh, what is Trump going to do? Just slink away uh, after they've just done this? And you can see that the people are being abused. They think their businesses totally smashed in by Antifa and BLM mobs. And they're being forced to follow these absurd guidelines from the CDC. And we know the masks don't work. We know that the whole drama surrounding the COVID-19 scandal is really just complete propaganda. And in order to maintain our own ability to think for ourselves, you have to recognize that Twitter is taking down anything where you even use the word amplifier. They even hear it in their algorithm. They're going to take it down. Same thing with YouTube and Google. You can't even like put anything out. And in the video, people are saying the A word to be an amplifier because if you you try to like post anything out there with the you know about amplifier about what they're up to. So I think that Trump should just push forward and, hit and do these roundups. But at the same time, you, can, you have to see the setup. This how it's, if we move forward with the Biden administration, that they are going to be trying to ex- extract their pound of flesh from the American people for trying to resist this debasement uh, of our democratic system. Right. And I think it's interesting the whole QAnon thing is being put to the test. So they walk, as far as the Q drops, they walk people right over the edge and told them, I mean, what was it? Uh, so was it a limited hangout? I mean, that's what they call it in the intelligence world, the intelligence community, the IT. They set up these limited hangouts, which are just disinformation campaigns where they feed people the information they want them to have. And then later on, they just dissipate. So, I mean, maybe some of these Q drops were just ways of controlling the opposition because they were leading people to believe that there was patriots inside the government who were going to hold these pedophile rings accountable, and they were going to hold uh, the, the deep, state, deep state actors accountable who are manipulating the government. And we expected that, that Joe Biden would be, and his family would be held accountable for the corruption, and that people would get to the bottom of this CCP, the Chinese Communist Party invasion into our politics. Yeah. So, I mean, what's up with this Wawa guy? He's still on the intelligence committee, so he's just he's in power now. So, how are we supposed to defend ourselves against the Chinese Communist infiltration when they're jumping the whole country in on our heads here? I mean, we can expect the Democratic Party and the Biden administration to be an extension of the Chinese Communist infiltration. And be used as a weapon against the American people who want freedom. We want religious freedom. We don't want to go with the, the, the enormous technocratic tyranny that they're foisting on us. You have to become a slave and you have to wear a mask. And you have to do whatever they said. It's corporatism to the extent that you, with the big business, monopolies, and government 
are going to work together and have these policies. They're not law, but you better wear a mask or you're going to be shut down. The cops are going to arrest you. There's no law that says you have to wear it, but it's just corporatism. Fascism, where they tell you everyone does it, and if you don't, then they beat you with the state. state comes after you. Everybody's going to have to worry about it now. It's worse than just people that would happen in the Bolshevik Revolution. Now it's this point where um, their algorithm we constantly find out who's looking at websites, what kind of words people use in their texts and their conversations, where they can monitor everyone and see who's who's a dissident, who stands out. And with that kind of control, we you can expect that we're not allowed to fight. So it's amazing the outrage that people put out. Of course they put out. Just took away their business. You just shut down half the country. Some of the states where people are being forced to stay in their homes. People are fighting for their very survival. Stop eating home or don't don't. Don't go that far. Fight for your freedom, but shut up and go home. So, I mean, I think that Trump has the answer for this. This is much of Biden. I just, I just, just for everything we've been going through, I just don't see him just giving up on it like that. Like, that's crazy. That would drive, that, that doesn't make sense. That wouldn't make but sense. That, but that, the presupposition there, honey, the presupposition is, is that we believe in him. That we believe he is who he says he is. So we really don't know. We're just, right. we're watching him. We're, we're weighing him. We're trying to understand his family values and his business, and we're trying to understand uh, his particular view of the world, and he appears to have America's best interest in mind, but we really don't know. We have no idea. Right. We, have, we can't trust the media. They put out these reports that Russian soldiers were paying bounties to Afghan militants to kill our soldiers. And then they, now we're doing reports that that was a lie created by the Democrats to attack Trump, and now we're hearing that the Chinese pay bounties to kill Afghans, to kill our soldiers in Afghanistan. So what do we even believe? We're, we're being completely broken. These, these psychological operations are, are working in such a way that they're demoralizing and debasing the entire body politics. Understand? Mm-hmm. We're having transgender political madness being shoved down our throats, and we can expect that if we expect our political uh, views that we're going to be beaten and these people are fighting for the front. They're trying to get their election and their voices heard. They should have went in there and got those fraudulent ballots and those the boxes and just destroyed them. As far as I can tell, it was completely peaceful. Like one lady was shot. I mean, who shot her? I would like to know. Who's the federal agent that expended that round? Yeah. Into the populace. And who were the people breaking the windows? I mean, they couldn't just march through. They had to break the windows. I mean, there was people that were just walking through. And then there was people that were acting out and breaking things. And we can find out who everyone was because we can use facial recognition. So we should find out. Yeah. The politicians are sent there to represent our voice, not their house. It's the house of the American people. They don't own it. It's not Nancy Pelosi's. It's not Mike Pence's personal fight them. That's other acting. They're being paid off. And Mike Pence looks like a total coward. And maybe, like I said, maybe this is all an orchestration in order to get the left and the right to be at odds. And that's what you're getting. And like I said, we've been waiting for Trump to act and do something. And time is just clicking on. We're seeing all this evidence. No one's being arrested. I guess when Trump is telling people to go do their job, they're not doing it. Like Bill Barr. They're just sitting back. It's, it's a glorification of the state. The state is not God. The Capitol is not a sacred building of worship to some deity. The Republic is not a divine organ. This is not Rome. Okay, so the, you know what? That place can get burned down. British burned it. In 1812, why should the American people be subjected to to Washington anymore? What do we need that place for? You know what I'm saying? I'm not surprised mm-hmm. people completely bugged out. It's upsetting. Well, they went and... Very upsetting what's going on right now. The politicians, all the ones who said that they were going to um, to fight this election fraud, they just wilted. They just, you know, they just, they're all going to 
fast Biden now. It doesn't matter if they if they um, back Biden or not. The truth is, is that Biden is a fraud, and Kamala Harris is a despicable, vile reprobate, in my opinion. So that's just how it is. Yeah. It doesn't matter how unpopular it gets. The truth remains the same, and. Maybe the whole plan, when they planned this out in the Bilderberg meetings, maybe they just planned for the nationalist, the white nationalist, Republican president to be destroyed in a, in a very provocative way, where the, uh, the right of the political electorate could see that it was complete fraud and that they tried to do, they did the uh, billion dollar stimulus checks. They spent, uh, what, $15 million to the Kennedy Center, and then everyone gets their $600 check. It's really just completely debate. this contested election, right? Um, often with empires, they rise and fall, and then as they begin to decline, a lot of things start to fall apart. The, the political stability, uh, the culture tends to degenerate, um, as you've been uh, describing, and then, you know, there's a terminal economic uh, decline. So now we have this contested election. Uh, from my perspective, you know, I, I didn't vote for, I haven't voted for a long time, but I believe it's clear that Trump won re-election uh, and that we just experienced a coup and uh, color revolution. That was something a few months ago, uh, Dr. Paul Craig Roberts uh, spoke to me uh, about on this channel. And, you know, we're on the verge of, I think, possible great civil unrest, even some kind of civil war scenario. There's this interesting Russian professor, Igor Pan who a decade ago put out a map projecting how the U.S. would, uh, you know, f f break apart into different pieces. But, you know, also America is a lot like a Hollywood film. You can really expect anything to happen by in Inauguration Day, January 20th and afterwards. So, you know, what's your take on the current situation with Trump, the election, civil unrest, civil war? Uh, wow. Yeah, I agree with you uh, that it's uh, it's a very precarious time for for the United States. I think a lot of people. I mean, I'm, I'm on Twitter right now, and uh, a lot of the people who I, I follow, they're they're Trump supporters, and you can just sense this desperation and this anticipation for something, anything to happen. I mean, these these people, they've been led along to believe all this time that there were going to be arrests. You have this whole Q Q movement, for example, and. Uh, whether or not that's legitimate, I, I still don't know, but it's, it's very interesting. Uh, but these people have been led to believe that, yes, Trump is, first of all, he's going to drain the swamp. He's going to make arrests. Now you have the situation where uh, it's clearly, I mean, clearly wide-scale wide fraud and corruption in, in the election. It's just, it's really unbelievable what they got away with. This whole Dominion voting, voting systems that they have in place. I mean, in Michigan, the, 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 the uh, percentage of errors were like 60 to 70 percent. It's, it's really unbelievable. So, and Trump is not, you know, his whole, his whole reason for getting into politics to begin with was to basically save America. I mean, I know that sounds a little bit probably over the top, but really he didn't even really want to get into politics at the beginning. And now he sees that he's been really cheated out of office by probably one of the most corrupt individuals that has ever, I mean, if this guy, if Biden actually becomes president, that's that's just going to be unbelievable. 
and to believe that this guy got <laughs> this guy couldn't fill a Waffle House on a Sunday morning, and to believe that he that this guy got more votes than any other presidential candidate in American history is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my life. Um, and if it wasn't for COVID, I don't know how they would explain the empty seats at all of his, his rallies because nobody nobody's interested in the guy at all, really. Uh, so you look at things like that, and it's just so obvious to so many people. And so that's number one. Number two is uh, how are they gonna how are they gonna uh, move forward? How is the country going to move forward? How are Republicans? You know, the, the, right now the Republican Party is basically Trump supporters. So if all these people just feel like they wasted their vote. They wasted four years. Uh, Trump didn't get to didn't get into office like he didn't get reelected like he should have. He didn't get a chance to finish what he had promised he'd finish. Didn't get to put up the wall. All, all these other things. So many things and uh, no arrests were made that so many people were anticipating. Uh, I just think that's going to make so many people really give up hope. So if, if Trump, if, if Biden actually does, if he is actually inaugurated on January 20th, I think that is going to be the, uh, I, I, I can't even say, I can't even imagine it have, I can't imagine this guy in the Oval Office, to be quite honest. Kamala Harris as well, I think she, they're both very inadequate, <laughs> to put it mildly. Uh, so will it lead to civil war? Uh, I think right now, absolutely anything is possible. I, I was actually just on Twitter before I got onto this interview with you, and I, I was listening to or reading about some some thoughts from some people who they they actually think that you know uh, Biden will be arrested on inauguration. I mean, they're just they have there's so much hope in 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 these people, and uh, they just they just cannot they just cannot give up hope in Trump. So that's uh, that's a real powder keg, and it, it could really blow. Uh, I, I can see it happening. You got the Proud Boys, you've got Antifa, you've got BLM. Uh, so the all every all the chess pieces are there, and it's just going to take it's just going to take something to, to set it off. And uh, I think the Biden Biden inauguration could just very well be it. Although who knows what's going to happen on January sixth? I'm still trying to figure out exactly how the electoral college this whole thing works with the states sending their le legislators to Congress, uh, what power do they have, whether or not they can vote. I'm still trying to figure this out. I'm, I'm reading on it right now. I'm trying to write an article about it. And it's funny that as an American, I really don't even quite understand. I'm hearing different different sides to the story, how they're able to do this. Um, I know that the Congress, if, there's an, if there are enough senators and members of the House of Representatives to object to the votes, to the, to the Electoral College votes, then they could you know, basically hand, hand it to, to Trump. Um, whether or not the state legislators, who actually should have more power than, for example, the governors of the states, because they're, they're the real representatives of the people, whether or not they can actually change the vote to Trump is another is something that I'm trying to figure out. Maybe, maybe you can shed some light on that if you know. <laughs> but uh, things like this, it's, it's coming down to the wire. And, uh, and you also have, for example, Sidney Powell, uh, although she's not necessarily affiliated with the Trump legal team, she's got a lot of things. The other lawyer, Lynn Wood, um, he's what he's saying on Twitter is unbelievable. So he's, he's just he's threatening to, to put the, for example, uh, Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, threatening to put him into jail. 
Uh, it's really, it's getting, uh, and this is the thing, this is the dangerous aspect of the media is not talking about any of this. There, there are, there's just so much tension and frustration and anger on the right. And a lot of it is due simply to the fact that the media just does not cover it. They will not talk about it. They, they, they if, if it wasn't for some, a very few up and coming like Newsmax, NTD, um, these up-and-coming channels, you wouldn't even know about it. And most people don't follow them, of course. So a lot of people on the right are just getting so frustrated with this just completely a complete blackout of information about it. And uh, that's leading to the frustration. On the other hand, if by some chance Trump does, if, he, if his legal team or if the Congress somehow decides that it was fraudulent, and they, they give the electoral points to Trump. He has a chance to get 274 if the swing states are, are nullified, uh, as I think they should be. You have that you have a situation there where people are not going to be expecting that. I mean, right now, people, Democrats, they firmly believe that Biden is in. There's no problem. It's just it's uh, all you know, smooth sailing all the way until inauguration day. But that's not that's not the case. A lot can happen before then. There's, there's still people who uh, have s strong reservations about Biden, about the, the, the uh, voting, how that took place. So anything can happen right now. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And, and like I said earlier, that this is like a Hollywood film. Like you, you absolutely don't oh, know yeah. what's going to happen. And there are things that legal actions, um, legal, you know, rabbits, they're, they're talking about pulling out of hats that go back, you know, to the 19th century that, that, that could be done, but that would, you know, or some things that would be historic, but legal to, to do. And as, as you say, I don't see whatever happens. I mean, you laid it out perfectly well. It's a power keg, either from the left or, or from the right. You know, if, if Trump is reelected somehow, the left's going to explode. Uh, if, if Biden goes in, you know, the right's going to explode. I don't see how, I don't see this, you know, the Biden coming into power and just things normally moving on uh, as we would in an election cycle. So something's, you know, going to, to happen. As you said, we, we don't know exactly what. And on the Q thing, I, I, I never was really a believer in the, in, the, in the Q movement. I kind of viewed it as a, psycho, a psychological uh, operation. And because you look at the, the effect that it had was basically to, to take people who would otherwise do things, uh, translate their actions into the real world to kind of just have them sit on their couch and not do anything and, and think everything would be taken care of. you kind of like pacified people. And someone pointed out, interestingly, when the Bolshevik re revolution happened in, in, in Russia, they ran a counterintelligence operation kind of similar to, to Q, to, to, to get, you know, people to stand down who otherwise would stand up uh, and then figure out who are the people, uh, you, you know, kind of like a honeypot type of thing. So... Yeah, um, I, I, I never was really. And then when then they used Q, the, the establishment used Q as a pretext to ban a bunch of uh, channels. So, again, that, that's telling that they painted people as Q and then, oh, you know, we, we deleted all these channels because they were talking about Q. So that, that, that was not a, a good sign. Uh, and to, to look at COVID, because a lot of these things converge, um, you know, I've covered COVID-19 quite a lot on this channel uh, but suffice it to say that it, it has officially or overtly introduced unveiled fascism, I think, uh, in the U.S., you know, because we have now uh, 
private corporations working together with the government to control our lives. You know, Silicon Valley, big tech, big box stores like Amazon, Walmart, Costco, and so on. You know, they're dictating things. They're shutting down all of the other small businesses, independent businesses, and taking over the market. Um, you know, there, things are going so far as to limit our free speech our freedom of religion, churches are shutting down, freedom of movement, right? Now they're talking about these, <laughs> they close us down and they, they talk about these freedom passes, right? You can't leave your house. Uh, what we have, it's like uh, freedom fries, right? From the for the Bush's uh, war and now we have the freedom pass. Uh, and then you wrote a piece, you wrote a piece quote, uh, titled quote, when COVID-19 meets cancel culture. And you also wrote another piece called quote, COVID-19 has replaced Osama bin Laden as the follow guy for civil liberties, end quote. And, you know, since March, I've been calling COVID-19 either COVID-1984 or Corona bin Laden, because it's like this this non-existent boogeyman, uh, again, that's being used as a pretext to take total control over us. So, you know, what's your take on um, the COVID situation? Uh, I... <laughs> Uh, well, first of all, I um, I don't really even believe that. It was funny. I saw a Facebook post today that COVID is a great killer. It's killed the flu. It's killed pneumonia. It's it's, it's killed common sense. Uh, so it, it it really from having to just wear a mask going into stores. I, I'm really not good about that. You know, when I the cashier refuses to wait on me until I put my mask on. I'm, I'm really not good with that sort of a thing. So I have to say something and a friend of mine said, oh, well, you shouldn't give them a hard time. You know, they're just doing their job. And I said, well, you know what? The Nazis also said the same thing. The people who supported the Nazi regime, they were also just doing their jobs. Um, I hate to make that comparison, but uh, that words, that's, I, I fear that's where this could be heading um, in a very quick quarter. So that was an interesting take by Geopolitics and Empire. I, I almost find it as a prerequisite to just getting informed on what's really going on in the world, especially outside the borders of the United States, um, having to listen to that podcast. So Geopolitics and Empire, definitely check it out. And we, um, we're moving as quickly as we can to put together this episode um, in light of what was taking place at the Capitol, and there's a lot of confusion, and it just really smacks of a sheer orchestration in my mind. It seems like that it's playing out almost like it's on a, a script, and it doesn't seem like to me that a divided electorate, a divided body politic in this country, is so double-minded to be to be schizophrenic that it can't really think. In this infighting, it can't really think clearly on what the what is the best thing for the nation. And we were acting with such arrogance as a country to think that our the mechanisms and the the intricacies and of operation of our governments in our economy. And the way that our nation is situated, we're acting as if it can't just be collapsing on itself. We're acting as if we, we can't be totally destroyed as a country. And, and I think that these other nations are out there finding different ways to put us and to compromise us and to put us in a situation that we can't recover, that we can't get our, our system of supply, our supply chains, our ways, you know, the people are out there working every day. Uh, we can see that these COVID regulations and these policies from the Democrat with the new green environmental fanaticism 
working with Antifa and BLM. They're they're they have all these different ideological reasons to exist. They have all these different kind of paradigms that they're operating by, these platitudes that they discuss, they're making the world a better place, they're fighting racism, they're fighting environmental, uh, you know, the weakening of the environment, and so they're, uh, under the guise of being do-gooders, all their actual practices are the same. So Antifa and BLM and these uh, these new green eco-terrorists, if you want, and these policies we see coming out out of the United Nations and we see these crazy get guidelines from the CDC for COVID and they all operate to do one thing which is shut down the American economy destroy businesses and limit people's freedoms and they're all operating in concert even though supposedly one group um, the CDC guidelines are there to keep people healthy and, and BLM is there to fight racism and Antifa is there to fight fascism all these different ideologies are really operating by one mechanism and it's a phalanx to destroy the American culture itself and that's what these politics are all about and so you have to really wonder what these liberal Democrats are going to do once they actually destroy the country because I can't imagine that there's any mechanism that will be able to support their freedoms. You don't see that people who are looking for gay rights are going to China or to Russia. And these are these are the enemies. These are the, the big powers that are getting ready to take up the, the, the space that we fill in the power vacuum. So once we collapse, you can expect that China and Russia are going to take over those spaces and they don't have anything good to say about uh, gay politics. They're not interested in that. So, th- th- of course, when they're here in America and they're funding different resistance groups and different uh, pol- political movements that are opposed to each other, they'll say whatever they need to say. They'll give money to whoever they need to give money to. They'll they'll mouth out of one side of their mouth that they're all for these really important you know liberal ideals. But in the end, they don't really care. Then Stalin did the same thing. Stalin was supporting all these different opposition groups, but in the end, he just rolled them all up and sent them off off to the gulag. So I think that when you Democrats out there, when you liberals have your country and all these freedoms that you're supposedly fighting for, when it all gets rolled up in your face and you get sent to these gulags or to these camps or to the FEMA camps or whatever ends up happening to you and you're carted off never to be heard from again, you can remember that you're responsible for this. You, you wouldn't come to the aid of the principles of this, uh, the, the founding principles of this democratic republic. And you didn't respect the protections that existed, especially like the Electoral College and the way that the, these different franchises of the, the Congress and the Senate and the Supreme Court are set up to protect the rights of those who have no, no voice, to protect the minority. And that you use the power as the majority, as the Bolsheviks, to come through and just smash the opposition. And that, and that tyranny and that power of autocratic statism to destroy the enemies of the majority is what ultimately is going to be used against you to destroy you. Because this isn't about left and right, it's about destroying America. And by engaging in this reprobate cheating politics and this fraudulent voting. I know that you guys voted as many times and in as many different precincts as you needed to do to try to win your position. You didn't want to play fair. You didn't want to just let one vote be one vote. Not not votes from people who are Mexican nationals or from Venezuela. This country is being destroyed and you aided in that destruction. And for that, you're really a traitor and you ought to be uh, forever ashamed because you're 
despicable because you wouldn't defend the rights of people to, to bear arms, the freedom of speech, unless it was your speech, the freedom of people to practice their religion, unless it was the religion that, that you supported on the Democrat side, or you just shut down churches. You just allow these governors in these states to shut everything down. And of course, there's no law for this. There's no actual legislature that set laws into place. They just they came through with these kind of military powers, emergency powers from the executive, and they just shut your state down. And that's how you're going to go out. This COVID situation is not going to go away. This fight against the racism of America isn't going to go away. This fight against fascism isn't going to go away just because Trump is gone out of the uh, the office there. It's just going to increase this censorship of Facebook and Amazon and Twitter. It's not going to cease now. It's just going to become empowered. These executive emergency COVID powers that your state uh, governors are using to keep you in your homes, they're, they're going to be empowered. They're, they're going to increase. The places that where freedom still exists in, the, in this country, places where the governors are trying to keep the states open, allow people to maintain their freedoms, they're going to start to become under, under massive pressure to, to be absorbed into this ubiquitous, globalist, statist agenda that will ultimately bring America to its knees in front of the Chinese Communist Party. And that's really what you are. As Democrats now, you're, the guy you voted for is a Chinese asset. Of the Communist Party, an actually bought and paid for espionage asset. This guy is dangerous. We can't even let. It's like the Clintons. We can't let these people around our state secrets. And yet you went and voted for him. You're a complete and total disgusting joke. You're not an American anymore. You your American car has been pulled. You're just really a communist. And ultimately, if it comes down to war, and you know your your whole way of life, your ability to earn a living, and your your family's future is all ruined, we can really blame that on you. It's your fault because you wouldn't stand up for the Constitution. The Constitution is what empowers these offices of the president and the, the Supreme Court, and those offices are not allowed to just operate with arbitrary supremacy in any way, any way they want. They're established by certain rules, and they need to operate within those rules. And you didn't defend the power of the people to control its own government. You allowed the government apparatus to become a tyrannical state. And you did it because you thought it was your team that was going to win. It's pathetic, and it's sickening. And like I said, any of these people out here who at this point are liberal Democrats, I can no longer look at you as a human being. You're really just, you're like a, a fascist, like a Nazi. You're like a Hitler, you know, going with your weird Hitler salute. And, you know, we ought to raise an army. We ought to fight you. And we ought to just kill you off exactly the way we had to, to uh, with the Nazi regime. It's, it's really no different. Because the end result of this uh, Biden-Harris presidency is going to really just try to tear up the Constitution in order to serve the globalists, the international globalist order, in order to serve the Chinese Communist Party, in order to bring the American people into a third world state. We're, we're headed towards Venezuela. You know, they, they have to run down the street and chase the dump trucks and try to find a morsel of bread in the back of the dump truck. And that's what you have done to the future for my kids and my family. And so you can expect me to forever, from this point on in history, to forever fight you and, and ultimately and when it comes to war and if it comes down to a battle to, to you know, to, to bump your off switch in order to make sure that my family can can have a future in America that was established and laid out in the Bill of Rights 
And this Declaration of Independence isn't going to be silenced just because you, you guys with your Google phones out there, you mind slaves, you bootlickers of the globalist agenda are trying to bring my family down. So let's talk some more about this. I have one more little interesting clip we'll add in here. And I always find it interesting to hear what Chris Plant has to say. So let's listen to some of the Chris Plant show here when we wrap this up. Then, march to the Capitol. Uh, and uh, it was mostly peaceful. Uh, I think that would be fair to say. Right? Wouldn't, uh, doesn't that apply across the board? Or is that just... Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. That's right. Probably 90... 9.88% like Ivory Soap of the crowd was peaceful. Peaceful, or at least mostly peaceful. But there were uh, sights and sounds yesterday that none of us have ever seen before. Well, uh, let me qualify that. There's an asterisk next to that. Only because of who was there. The truth is we've been watching political violence for months and months and months across America. It's been completely normalized. I've been talking about it for for a long, long time. And our our friends, not just Ali Velchi standing in front of a burning city block, uh, but the rest of them, too, with uh, you, got, you, got, you remember old McGilla Gorilla there, um, Fredo Cuomo up at uh, CNN in New York with uh, everything is mostly peaceful. And, and you remember who said uh, we should we should have this one today, too, actually, uh, Michael, the uh, member Fredo Cuomo with us, who said protest is supposed to be peaceful anyway. Now, of course, that's when the left is committing violence and uh, and and the, the you know conservatives show up and, and historically until yesterday, at least, would thank the police and clean up litter after ourselves and everything was mellow and hunky-dory uh and uh, i gotta tell you there was uh, something happened yesterday there was a breaking point something snapped it boiled over and uh, it has been boiling simmering just beneath the surface for uh not just months but years quite honestly it's been going on at least since the administration of george w bush and certainly through the obama years where you're a racist if you didn't vote for him and that's all there is to that everybody's a racist and the Democrat Party uh, beginning the program of racial polarization in the United States of America because they believe it would benefit them politically, and, and they certainly believe that it has benefited them politically. In fact, in today's Washington Post, because there were a couple of other stories yesterday in addition to that, not the least of which is that uh, they have declared now both Senate seats in Georgia for the Democrats, and, and Ossoff, uh, also known as Oshat, uh, was declared the winner in his Senate race, uh, and uh, that means that the Democrats take control of the United States Senate. Uh, there are those who are blaming President Trump for the, the double loss in uh, in Georgia for a variety of reasons, but you know there are uh, people blaming President Trump for the weather, too. Barack Obama, on the other hand, was going to fix it. But in the Washington Post today, because that race thing is what they're all about, the party of the Confederacy and the Klan and Jim Crow, a record number of black voters in Georgia powered Ossoff, comma, Warnock, to victory. Well, I guess that means that the Democrats owe everything to black voters in Georgia. They're in control of the Senate, and uh, they're going to be able to uh, give the bums rush to all of the legislation they want to ram through uh, in the House and the Senate and get it to Biden's desk, and it'll scribble it like government. Governor Lupet Humane in uh, blazing saddles, he'll sign away. 
but this is uh, but this is a, a remarkable thing that we saw yesterday. A remarkable thing indeed, and it's uh, something that I, I can't. I've been saying for years that the, you know, we just don't riot. You know, we don't sack and plunder and uh, loot. And by the way, we didn't sack and plunder and loot yesterday either. Uh, but there was uh, violence, and uh, and uh, and a young woman was killed. Three other people died of uh, medical emergencies because uh, probably half the people down there are on social security but that's uh, something that you're not going to see in the media it was really it was crystal knocked there was there was one confederate flag that i saw in the crowd so the headlines are uh, trump mob storms into capital behind confederate flag now of course there were hundreds of marine corps flags and navy flags and army flags and of course tens yeah. of thousands of american flags there are american flags everywhere and interestingly enough uh, the crowd was not burning them which is normally the case with biden voters hillary voters obama voters you know Democrats. They uh, carry Mexican flags and Palestinian flags. I saw Israeli flags down there, too, because they're allies of ours, you see. And in and, and, uh, Democrat uh, uh, rallies, they burn Israeli flags and they burn American flags. But I digress. Listen, lot to uh, lot to cover on uh, yesterday's events in Washington D.C. in our nation's capital. The headline in the Washington Post today is is emblematic of the news media coverage. Trump, it's a giant banner headline, uh, like you know, I don't know, fifteen point, and uh, Trump mob storms capital. That's the banner headline across the top of the thing. President incites crowd to acts of insurrection, comma violence. It's uh, insurrection and it's uh, and it's violence. Uh, Democrats win Georgia runoffs, control of U.S. Senate. Yes, they did uh, that. And also, uh, what was it, about 3 o'clock or 3.30 this morning, in the Congress, uh, the uh, vote of the Electoral College was affirmed by the Congress, and they declared uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to be the president-elect and the vice president-elect of the United States of America. You know, on election day, the uh, the news media declared them to be the president-elect and the vice president-elect. But uh, they're not actually the president-elect and the vice president-elect. And then this morning I saw on Fox News, they said that the uh, Congress made them president and vice president last night. That didn't happen either. Uh, that will happen when they're sworn in on January 20th, and they will be sworn in on January 20th. So a fascinating series of events yesterday with, again, the president holding a large rally. He was scheduled to speak at 11 a.m. I think he started speaking at 11.59 a.m., if I remember correctly. And, and he spoke for uh, an hour, over an hour, slightly over an hour. And uh, the left is very upset. They say that he uh, whipped the crowd up into a frenzy. And uh, then they went down to the Capitol and there was violence. And it's all his fault because that's what he told him to do. Uh, and um, that's uh, not quite true. But at the same time, nothing is really quite true these days. But at the same time, there's a friend of mine who's a law enforcement official yesterday afternoon in the midst of all this texted me something like, you know, now they're going to try to blame all this on Trump. And I, and I, I said to myself, and it was a lot, a lot of uh, text streams going on yesterday, as you might imagine, I'm sure there were with you also, um, uh, lots of back and forth. So, you know, listen, it is a Trump rally that Trump called and uh, on the day of Congress taking up the matter of the uh, vote in the Electoral College and the president uh, spoke to the crowd uh, dressed in Trump clothing with Trump flags and, and all of that stuff. And then they were going to march down to the Capitol and they did. As the soundbite we used at the open demonstrates, told them to go down to the Capitol and, and peacefully, peacefully protest. Uh, he did say that the news media is not going to highlight that uh, very much. 
and uh, and then some, and honestly, a very small number uh, out of a very large crowd. Most of the crowd didn't even know there was anything unsavory going on. A uh, very large crowd. It's a very large building, too, if you're on one side of the building. Uh, and Led Zeppelin were playing a free concert on the other side of the building. It's possible that you wouldn't know it. It, it honestly is. There, there are rallies up there with 100,000 people quite regularly, uh, and uh, and that just kind of, you know, you fit right in on the lawn pretty well. It, it absorbs crowds very well. And when the uh, some in the mob, some and some say there were Antifa mixed in, there's a good piece in the Washington Times, their newspaper of record, by Rowan Scarborough about a facial recognition corporation, a company that uh, develops facial recognition programming, has identified a number of people in the crowd who are established established Antifa types. Now, that's being hotly debated uh, back and forth. Antifa also, before Election Day, put out statements saying that you should show up on Election Day disguised as a Trump supporter and as a patriot. All you have to do is bring an American flag and not burn it, you know, and then and then you're uh, fit right in. Uh, but Antifa has put out these statements before and flyers saying show up at these uh, you know anti-Trump rallies dressed as a Trump supporter because then when you commit violence uh, the media will blame Trump supporters since so uh, it's the old burning of the Reichstag thing the left has been up to this for for a long long time uh, false flag whatever you want to call it um, and uh, how much of that is true and how much of it is uh, not uh, remains to be seen I'd like to see everyone that was involved in violence inside the Capitol identified by video arrested and charged appropriately uh, the people inside the Senate chamber and the House chamber. And let me say also, you've seen this picture of the guy, I think it's the House chamber, uh, dropping from the gallery. He looks like a skilled rock climber. Uh, he looks like he's from Seattle or Portland. He looks like a guy who's got a police record in Seattle or Portland. Uh, and I got to tell you, they, these were not the, uh, the Trump supporters you normally see at Trump rallies. I've been to lots and lots of uh, Trump rallies. And these are not the people you normally see, the guy with the horns and the fox fur over his head and, and uh, all of this stuff. These are not the people you normally see at Trump rallies. There were people there who were there to make trouble. Uh, and and I, I do have to say, you know, did you think you were going to accomplish something positive there? I, I, I can't imagine that anybody thought they were going to accomplish something positive there. Uh, and, and there are so many facets, so many elements of this story of this event to uh, get to. It's not just a news story. It's also a, a historic event uh, that some of the news media yesterday saying not since the War of 1812 and the British victory at the Battle of Bladensburg and the sacking of Washington when they burned the Capitol has the Capitol building been so desecrated and uh, I'm, I'm not 100% if that's true. We had some Puerto Rican terrorists that shot the place up. We had this and we had that. We had uh, also yesterday a young woman who was shot and killed by the police inside the Capitol. Uh, she is a 14-year Air Force veteran, a uh, flag-waving patriot, was, she's uh, now deceased, uh, had a uh, Trump flag as a, a cape, I think, and she was uh, caught up in the, uh, the, the, the events going on inside the way. She came from San Diego, and... 
14 years as a uh, in the United States Air Force. The reports say she'd been three or four. They just say tours of duty. I'm not sure what they mean by that, whether that means deployments to uh, various places. I, I probably does uh, these days. 14 years in the uh, in the Air Force. And she was uh, unceremoniously shot to death by a U.S. Capitol police officer yesterday using what appeared to be a Glock 9mm uh, semi-automatic pistol as she was climbing through a window, not from the outside of the building, but inside the building at the top of a staircase that wouldn't frame doors with with glass tops and someone had smashed out one of the glass tops on the window and, and someone had partially smashed another one of the, the glass uh, tops in the window. And this uh, this young woman was was uh, uh, attempting to climb through the window to get into the next room. Her name was Ashley Babbitt and, uh, and a police officer in the, the, there are two videos now from two different angles. A police officer popped up, uh, extended arms, pistol in hand, and no pepper spray, no uh, nightstick, no push with the hand uh, back through the window, uh, no uh, bean bag or rubber bullet, uh, nine millimeter round, bam, shot her once uh, at point blank range, uh, essentially within a, uh, the four feet, probably maybe five feet of uh, from the end of the pistol to the impact of the bullet, and uh, Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed. She was unarmed. She um, is a, a young woman. She's a, she was a uh, patriot and a veteran. And uh, and now the the uh, the media are with the police shooting people, which is interesting. She's not black, of course. She she uh, was white, uh, and uh, that doesn't do her any good when it comes to media sympathies. Of course, if only she had been a heroin dealer in the neighborhood, or uh, perhaps had attacked a police officer in in uh, the police officer's car trying to strip the gun away after committing a strong arm robbery. If only she had been a criminal of some kind, uh, or you know just not been white. Then I think the police would probably be with her but now the police uh, now the police are the good guys in this story according to the media having shot to death a young unarmed woman because she was both uh, a caucasian and a trump supporter so you get shot by the police well good is you know kind of the take that you get from the left online on the twitter and uh, and beyond so of course chris plant has to bring a really interesting perspective to the whole discussion and i mean what we're really seeing take place in Washington, D.C., is the the enshrinement and the empowerment of the central bank system over our government. So these are going to be European banking interests, foreign, private, corporate interests who are leveraging huge amounts of federal debt that the American people have signed off on through their legislators, and they're borrowing all this money and printing all this Federal Reserve fiat currency, which is just garbage money. And we're really seeing that ultimately when these representatives get to Washington, they're they're like on a clock by before they're corrupted and before the influence of the, the deep state apparatus over their politics becomes complete. So the longer they stay there, the more corrupted they are. And ultimately the interests of the people who sent them there and the national interests become smaller and smaller in the rearview mirror as they move forward. So people like AOC are going to ultimately be really in the back talking to the Antifa and the BLM radicals, and they're really trying to uh, pervert 
American history and subjected to this false narrative and in order to move to this brighter future and that's why they really need the Green New Deal program to try to line us up with the global power structure the the United Nations and the European Union councils and they're trying to make us into a global organization subjected to a supranational governing body so we're talking about global governance and that's that's the whole point of the Democrat Party and, and liberalization and, and trying to make a fight a populist fight among people over black and white racial issues that are just imaginary and introducing all this kind of class warfare and all this rhetoric and ultimately the, on the right you're just you're having fake politicians who are really just being bought out and signing off on this ballooning federal debt and the, the interests of the people at home the people who read their constitution who have a bill of rights their, their interests are going in the, the wayside so you can expect people to react and to try to fight for the their national sovereignty and for the heritage of their governing documents and the constitutionality uh, of our protected freedoms and liberties and and you can expect the the apparatus of the deep state that's really pushing forward their its agenda its universal agenda. You can expect that Twitter will continue to censor anyone who doesn't toe the line, and you can expect Facebook and Hollywood in every way to censure the flyover country, the red states, the Jesus land, and you can expect them, these few blue states in Washington, D.C., and the capitals to persecute the red counties of the states, the people who wanted just a clear-cut different choice than the corrupt, you know, the Chinese Communist Party asset of the Biden criminal crime family over there. And and ultimately, you can expect that there will be a confrontation. And they're moving on the, on the left, they're moving us towards communism. And on the right, they're forcing the existential collapse of America so that they'll have to move the people who, who want to survive and see their country survive, move them into the nationalist camp. And they'll be called white nationalists, of course, because you have you know less melanin in your skin, and you may or may not be from European ancestry, and you can expect if you fight to preserve your country and to conserve, preserve your founding, the founding documents, and to preserve the the continuity of the United States of America as it historically has been, that you will become painted as a fascist or as a white nationalist Nazi or whatever whatever the organs of the media. And social media and the the blogosphere, if you want, the whole internet itself that you consume on your phones and on your devices will de- begin to tell you that you're you're that you're a part of the problem. And so the masking, the effort to to just mask everybody, the effort to create covid propaganda this effort will become ubiquitous in our lives from this point forward and a lot of people are just not going to accept it they're not going to take vaccinations and so you'll have to use the the power of the state to try to control people and this will be where the persecution begins it's very predictable and ultimately you can expect one side of the populace to turn on the other and you can expect these liberal democrat communists that are being funded by Chinese propaganda and subversive Chinese uh, money to in the uh, corporate boardrooms and in the, in the United Nations and all across the school districts of every county. They're trying. They'll try to. And God help you if you have you know a weapon. If you own a, a registered weapon, see what I'm saying? They'll they'll be out at your property and have SWAT teams out there, and you can see how it will all go. And uh, I think that there won't be a preservation of the liberty. The, the, the New Green Deal is just another way to take us from several trillion dollars of debt to a hundred trillion and just 
tank the entire to to what every dollar in your pocket is worth less than a penny and they, they it won't even be worth it to print paper or ink anymore because it'll be too expensive so they'll go to a, a digital money and um so it's it's a bleak outcome you know and i think that it's obvious that on some level the american people were set up for it and um the whole QAnon limited hangout psychological operation that was executed on the american people was it's just it's a fascinating look at the power structure in our time and you can imagine what it was like for the germans before they uh, they did the same thing you know and it, it, the same thing in, in a lot of ways happened during the french revolution when you had the tap down and the bottom up just crush everyone in the middle and as many people as possible it didn't matter who at that point it was just a wholesale bloodletting on every and every level so you had the mobs in the streets with torches uh, who were totally impoverished marching around. And then you had the uh, the lords and the princes and the foreign banking influence, you know, exerting itself through academia and through society and through the courts there in France during the French Revolution. So you had the mobs coming through the windows and you had the uh, the elites starving your uh, your nation by refusing to allow food shipments in. And that's the kind of the thing we're dealing with here in America now. You have the rioters and the BLM and the Antifa groups running around setting up guillotines, supposedly mock guillotines. Right in front of Jeff Bezos' house, I, I bet he paid for that himself just to to cover his own ass. You see, you know, that's the, that's that's how skeptical my mind has to be. You know, Jeff Bezos, you know, would have the Antifa guys come out and put a, a guillotine in front of his house, not to threaten him, but to show the world what the future is going to look like. And so that's how it is, top down, bottom up. You have the crowds marching around trying to find um, victims, and then you have the um, the huge mega corporations, the the, uh, the the massively influenced cyber cyber companies out here, the tech elite that are, that are going to basically s- strangle you from above. So you, you can expect your your devices. You're gonna it's becoming militant to where you can expect the algorithm to try to screw you over on every level as they try to use their technocracy to, to locate who it is that they need to to try to eradicate. And you know, and so in the middle there is the American people. And, and ultimately, on the outside, these these all these ideologies align. Whether they're uh, neo Marxism or these radical environmentalists or the Chinese Communist Party or Antifa and BLM or George Soros. I mean, these are all becoming one unified force that's bringing the American people down and really dividing families and destroying people's minds who who believe in this radicalism and who are really just the bootlickers who are going to vote for Biden because you know MTV told them to or Puff Daddy did or whoever you uh, whoever is your influencer whoever you look to to make you laugh you know your comedy your 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 nighttime uh, you know comedy show that puts you to bed and at every level you are propagandized to to believe what you believed and ultimately you were just a clown and you're really a traitor to your country. And not to say that Trump is some kind of big winner or hero, but ultimately it was just the choice between your your country's future and you know now that you look at it, the whole make America great again, really and and you know the push towards you know putting forward Joe Biden is really so such a disgusting charade that we have to recognize who is really behind it and and as the American people we have to try to 
remember who we are. It was a long time when I heard, you know, people discuss how America would someday be moved into this large economic trading block, kind of how the European uh, economic community, the EEC, was eventually moved uh, to the next stage, which when they became the EU, the European Union. So, I mean, people would be called conspiracy nuts forever, suggesting that you that the American North the North American bloc would be united with Mexico and Canada into this singular economic body. But that's exactly what we just witnessed happen under the uh, the uh, the Trump administration. So that was the big accomplishment, and ultimately he appeared to be a threat to the status quo of the Federal Reserve printing press. But in the end. It wasn't the case, so we're going to keep going on. He would raise the uh, the debt debt far beyond that of Obama, from what I'm looking at, and it looks like that Biden will follow him and raise the debt even further. And people just, I guess, we've gotten used to this idea that somehow that will never catch up with us, but ultimately it is. It is catching up with us now, and that's how what makes us subject to these global mandates for vaccinations and you know for the, uh, the the necessity to get along with the subversion of the Chinese Communist Party because ultimately we're all in these multilateral partnerships with all the different nations of the world so in the end we can't we're not allowed to maintain our independence and we're not allowed to maintain our sovereignty as a nation and so we have to accept international law and we have to accept the the different you know massive economic subversion that's coming from those countries which were once a military threat to us but now they can just come in the front door and expect that the the politicians will just make America a quasi vassal state and I guess we'll just all pay tribute to the uh, international order and we'll just they could like it so in the end um, I think that we have to recognize that by playing politics and by expecting and I think that the the liberal Democrats can expect that when it comes time for them to be collapsed in on themselves and then on their, their their ideology betrayed and their the issues that they're fighting for to be cast overboard uh, i think that the global elite will do the same thing to them and perhaps rise cheating voting system to destroy their candidate and we will see because these tr- these trumps are not going to go away and there you know there will be a continuous back and forth so whatever outrages that the biden harris camp administration commit you can expect it to be answered in kind the next time around so that's what will be makes this so vile i think it's incumbent upon us to look at how during world war ii these two competing ideologies and this natural conflict that arises between international communism which is a, a, a knitting together of the whole world into one into one system and the, the the nationalism, the expectation of people who are in a specific nation, whether it's New Zealand or African countries or in Europe, they, they expect on some level that their national country will maintain its cohesion and that the Ger- the German government won't collapse and be subject to Britain or the Britain British government won't collapse and be subservient to the German government or that the British the, the Russian government can keep its own independence and not be controlled by the British. I mean, these are these are the interests of competing nations that try to defend their own interests. And ultimately, the work of communism is to break down all 
barriers and to make all the world just one one uh, worker class people that just gets uh, a check from a central government somewhere. And so there's no more Moscow or Washington D.C. or London. It's just it's just all one one world serfdom, and you're just a uh, a tenant on the land, and you'll just get your working instructions every day from a, a centralized communist government that controls the world. So you can see how those two ideas can't exist in the same world. So this competition between you know, international communism and nationalism, like we you know between uh, Stalin and Hitler ultimately dragged the world into an absolute chaotic, devastating mess. And in the middle of it, all these secretly ran off and killed a bunch of, of Lutheran ministers and a bunch, of, a whole bunch of, of Jews and, and gypsies and homosexuals. And that's the same kind of thing that happened during the Inquisition. That's what we're reporting out in other episodes. That's exactly what happened. And it was, the state becomes an apparatus of the ideology, and ultimately the ideology control uses the state to destroy the enemies of the ideology. So can you imagine Black Lives Matter getting a hold of the, the instrument of government and destroying all people who are, are not black? Or can you imagine the the environmentalists, wackos, the environmental radicals getting a hold of the instrumentality of the government and, and the, the mechanisms of policing and, and law enforcement and just arresting everyone they will not and sending people off to, to camps and doing roundups of everyone who won't participate in their environmental agenda. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. We're talking about the power of the state being used by Biden and Harris to destroy its enemies. And this is something that they accused Trump of the whole time. And they accused Trump of stealing the election, and then they turned around and, and, and stole the election. And so these are people that are obviously not going to be held accountable. And so this, this whole deep state cabal, as exposed as it is to the world, is absolutely reprehensible and it's dangerous. So not we could, I can expect them to use their the power of their influence over the media, over social media, over people's communications, over the halls of the of the lawmaking bodies in this country, over their influence uh, within the federal government. And you can see that the American people are really facing annihilation. And I think that that threat is not veiled anymore and it's it's open and clear and anyone who wants to call it out or has any hope of resisting it will be polarized just like Donald Trump was and just as his followers now are because they wanted to have real elections in a real democracy and now they, the deep state apparatus and those uh, who were really working hard from the beginning to destroy Trump in the first place are now having a good laugh at our attempts to maintain national sovereignty and the freedom and liberty of the citizens in this country, who I expect will be reduced to beggary and penury under a Biden-Harris administration who will go full bore into reckless spending and using these the instrumentalities of government to further their, their racial politics and their division politics. And um, I think it's time for you to homeschool your kids. Get them out of there. Do it quick before the state gets a hold of them and turns them into um, enemies of their own future. So I'll just leave you with this interesting interview that um, again, Buck Sexton had his buddy on on the show, and he had some things to say. So I'll just leave you with that. And uh, until next time. Will Ricardella joining us now from from D.C. He is on the ground. He's with the Washington Examiner. Uh, Will, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Buck. All right, man, you're down there. You're around it. You're seeing it. What's going on? Well, the Capitol's pretty well secured now. The sirens are starting to die down. But what started out as a very peaceful gathering and rally kind of, you know, um, was got very chaotic when people left, the, you know, the ellipse in front of the White House and walked down to the 
to the Capitol building. Um, I, I don't think D.C. certainly wasn't prepared for the vast amount of people there were. Uh, there was a few hundred thousand people. It was, it, it, it was incredible how many people there were. And it was very easy for it was right for bad actors to hijack that they weren't prepared at the Capitol for this many people. Um, and the vast majority were peaceful. Um, I, I was there at the most chaotic of times. I was able to walk around. There were no problems. There, I didn't see any property damage outside the Capitol. There were people had cars parked there. I didn't see anybody breaking car windows, rocking cars, setting fire to cars. There were no, I didn't see any businesses damaged around the Capitol. Most of it was focused inside the Capitol, people who breached the Capitol. You know, Will, I, I did ask a friend right beforehand. I was, I was texting as we were in a, a commercial break, and I was texting a friend who was there. And I said, look, man, I, I know that you're going to tell me the truth and you're going to know what's up. I said, were there, were there any false flags in there? He said, look, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. But he said, i got to tell you, there absolutely were people that, are, that, that, think, that think that they are Trump supporters who were not only in the, in the crowd that, that, that uh, breached the perimeter of the Capitol, but they were the majority of it. Well, what do you make of this? I mean, are, are, you, are you shocked that this happened, or did you feel that, that this one was coming? I'm not shocked. And I can't, what I can't tell you is I see this Antifa rumor. I didn't see Antifa. I didn't see BLM. Um, and the people who I saw at the Capitol were there in the morning. Um, I saw them in the street. Were there people that looked at a place there? Yes. Um, but is that enough evidence to say, oh, Antifa hijacked it? I, I didn't see that. I Look, these were people, this is a cross-section of America. This is the American working class, black people, white people, uh, Asian people of all ages. There were people on scooters, all elderly people. There were, I saw people with canes and walkers. Um, but it was a lot of women, uh, young women, older women, uh, older men, younger men, Um you know, it was when I got to the Capitol building, the people who were outside were very peaceful. It was the people who were inside. And look, this is a matter of the D.C. Uh, police, D.C. Metro and Capitol Hill police being overwhelmed. Um, so, again, could this have been handled better by the city? Absolutely. I just don't think that they were they, that they could they could foresee how uh, the frustration of the American people. I mean, these people travel hundreds of miles, thousands of miles in some cases. These are everyday working people. I, I think that the, their frustration really hasn't been uh, elucidated properly by any of the commentary after the fact that, you know, COVID it really took away a lot of their livelihoods. And I heard them talking about it, that they were frustrated over the lockdowns and what it did to their bottom line and what it did to and, and the election and, 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 you know, the lawlessness of the kind of uh, bread during election season and with the last minute rule changes, they, they feel like they're frustrated and they don't feel like they're being heard. And, uh, you know, it was, I wasn't shocked in the morning because I saw how many people there were. And I thought this is way too many people. Something bad is bound to happen. Speaking of Will Ricardella, he is at the Washington Examiner. He's down in DC right now and not, not far from where all this Stuff has been going down all, all day today. You know, Will, you mentioned the lockdowns, and you and I have been talking about this from the very beginning of the lockdowns on, on air. And, and there's a clear, not only is there a divide between the elites and the people that haven't missed a paycheck and, and are comfortable working from home. Some of them even prefer the work setup, right? There are a lot of people that say, hey, now I've got this virtual life and I don't have to commute anymore. Uh, and, and they are oftentimes, especially in the media and the journalists, they're some of the biggest advocates for lockdown, 
And I do think, and I talked about this, there's a sense among many Trump supporters, and I'm sure many of them who are today in D.C., that there was also a willingness to, it's obvious, to use lockdowns in this year of 2020 as a tool to to make the country miserable and therefore more likely to vote against Trump to effectively blame him for all of it. And I think there's a tremendous resentment over that because they made people suffer more than they had to so that Joe Biden could win. Well, you bring, you bring up a couple points. Some we talked about on your show when I said Democratic governors uh, um, hijacked the economy. And, and there was a story in Politico saying, look, they were terrified that the economy would pick back up prior to the election and what that might mean for Trump's re-election chances. So I think that's somewhat empirical that that's why they did it. Uh, now they're looking for a large bailout from, from Congress, in which many states just got. So, yeah, that's, a, that's definitely part of it. But we have to look at the past five years. I mean, these are the people that elected Trump. When Trump gets in, you have the previous administration going after him, spying on his campaign. The opposition party created a dossier out of nowhere, with no evidence. They opened up investigations. There was a, uh, basically a coup at the highest levels of government. It started by the Obama administration. They had launched investigations which tied Trump's hands behind his back at the beginning of the administration. So the people felt like they voted him in. And look what the left did to him. I mean, they, they were lying. They were cheating. They were engaging in lawlessness to stop him. Then you, then you get into the Ukraine debacle where they engage in impeachment. These people don't feel like they've been heard. Then you take away their livelihoods. You say, lockdown, your job's not essential. You know what I mean? You're the problem. It's you don't wear masks. That's why it's spreading. And when they were fighting against lockdowns in May, they, they mocked them. They said, oh, you're threatening uh, uh, Whitmer and Michigan. And look at these people. They can't. It's their fault. It's spreading. And look, this was a big, giant powder keg that, that was ready to explode. These people are frustrated. They don't feel like they're being heard. Then they're being mocked over the election irregularities, and 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 and, and people are laughing at them. And one one of the persons who was interviewed has said, "Look, it has to stop. We feel like we're not a joke." And and you know, I think that's part of that eruption today. I'm the certification process today, and and it felt like there was there was a hope that maybe Vice President Pence, and he said he wasn't going to do anything. And Pence is, you know, he's, that guy's a man of his word. If he says he's not going to do it, he's not going to do it. But, right. but what were they telling you? What were the people who were being lawful and, and respectful citizens uh, about exercising their First Amendment rights? What do, they, what do they want? What do they want to express? And essentially what they were saying was they were tired of abiding by lockdown orders. They were, there, was a, there was an element of we will not comply anymore, that we do follow the law. We are orderly. It's you who are lawless it's you who are without order and you know and then you demand all of this from us this is our house you work for us that was the real uh feeling from these people it's saying we're not going to take it anymore and they came in vast numbers to show like look stop laughing at us stop mocking us we're serious people we have lives too and i and, and they were tired of their legislatures and the states changing laws in the last minute they feel like they have no voice and that it was really a culmination of that and that's what the people were really talking these are everyday american working class americans people i grew up with and that that was their sentiment that i picked up all day i walked i was there at 5 45 in the morning i left at 4 30 p.m so I was walking, I was, I was, you know, walking among them the entire day, listening to what they were saying. I could, I had, I could go wherever I wanted. Nobody bothered me. I had my phone out the entire day. And Will, you know, there, there were videos circulating, and, and still are, 
of some protesters, rioters, uh, attacking police officers, punching police officers, and really getting involved with them. I mean, you saw a uh, whole, you said what, you thought over 100,000 pro- uh, 100, oh, people easy, gathered? Way easily, easily way over that, yes. And and the, the interaction that you witnessed, not at Capitol Hill I'm talking about, elsewhere in D.C., elsewhere on the streets, between protesters and police, what were they like? 100% peaceful. 100% peaceful outside of the Capitol. The breach of the Capitol is where everything happened. And it was those it was those bad actors that sparked the breach in the Capitol, people smashing the windows and breaching it. Not everybody did it. I mean, there were people who were out there, and they kind of hijacked the inauguration, like the setup for the inauguration, and were hanging out there and were saying, you know, we're not going to take this anymore, essentially, and cheering. Um but it was really the it was really the fact that the DC and I'm not blaming DC Metro. I mean, obviously there were bad actors here, but look, they did not have the proper setup to stop this, which made it rife for hijacking by very bad actors, and that's exactly what happened. And the media, to in particular among conservatives, to to the victory. Look, there's good luck getting this this progressive agenda on board, and we we're not talking enough about the left's radical agenda and how that kind of created this you created this monster where they're saying we're going to pack the courts we're going to you know have puerto rico as a state we're going to have dc as a state if we win the senate we're going to fundamentally change america and that added fuel to the fire i mean people talk about trump and trump's rhetoric and a lot of the things he said are stupid absolutely but we never talk about you know warnock just got elected here's a guy who's an open semite open anti-semite he's a, a socialist radical i mean he doesn't like america in particular he does not like white people um, you know, and here he is now in the Senate, and that's kind of the mentality of the entire Democratic Party. Um, you know, so you know, a lot of the rhetoric came from them, and that's where a lot of this frustration comes from. Is now that you know, a lot of these state governments have kind of abdicated to to Democratic governors, power that they shouldn't have, and now you have the federal government, the same thing happening, and they feel lost, and they don't have, they feel like they don't have a voice. A lot of their businesses are still closed. Um, they, a lot of them lost their businesses, and that, that you know, and this is the frustration. Will Ricardell, everybody.